Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Monday. It's, uh, oh my goodness, it's 545. Let's start this thing. This is the morning sickness. My name's John Holmberg. There's Brady Bogan. There's Brett Vesley. Unpuffed. We'll get to that in a second. Big Dick Toledo, fresh off of his super vacation to Santa Antonio. We got live action photos and videos from the Alamo Dome for Sousaphonapalooza. <laughs> As, uh, yeah, as, uh, his, Super bone fest. Yeah, his college-age son was in uh, a band-off, which is good for him. I think that's great for Christopher. Traveling to it sounds like a disaster. Brett and I were uh, tech high-fiving. Oh, all weekend. Yeah, we were throwing a lot of, uh, thank God this will never be us moments. Phone five. Phone <laughs> high five, my friend. Just low-fiving and high-fiving that we'll never get that. But uh, I'm not so sure my dad would ever go to one of my adult recitals, but... Evidently, he certainly wouldn't have traveled for it. That is for sure. So Toledo got to give him father of the year. He's making up for something, isn't he? A psychiatrist would say. Yeah, every week would be, whew, that's a tough one. Every week? Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, like, it's, if, it's not like he's, um, you know, the band competitions are every week, like a sporting event. You might be able to travel to each one? No, like maybe once a year. Yeah, yeah, I don't be know going how to often exotic, going, Something but, a lot better than San Antonio. You're right, that'd be a tough one. At least yeah. San Antonio would be. Yeah, no, San Antonio's last on the list. I take a look at your schedule. Like, I do the Steelers. I love the Steelers a lot more than I could love any kid. <laughs> and I look at them and I'm like, any any convenient, uh, you know, bounce-ups. I don't like going to, you know, uh, other teams' facilities and yeah. cheering for the road team. So I look for, like, Steeler games. I'm like, could I make it back for this weekend? Would it work for me? And then even still, and that's something I absolutely love, not a child yuck but to travel to say like if they were if the Steelers were in uh you know Houston playing the Texans I'm not going to that game as much as I love them I'm going to pick and choose the exotic locales the good ones are in Vegas this year I hear good things about that place I might pop up and take a look that was, uh, it was hard enough to get Kurt Vesley to travel eight blocks to Crisman Elementary for a parent-teacher conference, <laughs> let alone a oh, sousaphone contest. My dad never went to one parent-teacher conference, <laughs> did not attend one. That's that's my mom's job. Yeah. And also, most of them were in the middle of the days. Like that, I, I, I have a job, and uh, leaving that job for a parent-teacher conference, that's somebody else's gig. Ours, ours were, even when they were in the evening, just mom. Yeah, moms go to those. That's a mom thing. Dads can if they want to, but my dad's not. If they don't have anything going on, he'd do it. If my Back dad wasn't day, busy, well, yeah. he got guilted a lot of times because it was oh, he was a truck driver, so sometimes he'd be home oh, during the day. So it was yeah. like, it's God, just one of those things. Yeah, keep, go. I still have it kid. off your dad's desk. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, he's because if it gets to your dad. Well, parent-teacher conferences were just kind of a waste of time anyway, just to make sure that everybody's face to face. But yeah, my uh, if my dad was my dad made sure he wasn't home. I don't blame him. Yeah. Nope, got a very important job. Oh, yeah, yeah. If he, yeah, if he deadbeated his way through a day where there was a parent-teacher conference, no way my mom would have let him hear the end of it. But he was always doing that. Uh, I went to the movies. I don't go to the movies too often. Last uh, couple of movies I went to 
in the theater uh, were uh, Smokey and the Bandit and then yeah. Blazing Saddles. I, I don't mind that, but I don't like going to, th- especially on crowded weekends, and it was a crazy crowded weekend, and saw the Oppenheimer. Uh, and uh, did you see it? Nope. You didn't go. Did you I'm go watch it? Yeah. Tomorrow. Uh, yeah. It's a. It's a interesting. Now, first and foremost, I noticed that uh, the new the new theaters, like the way theaters have been built in the last ten or fifteen years, to have uh, you know the big luxury seats and the servers and all that stuff. Already, uh, congratulations, America! You're too fat for the chairs. I, the people in front of us barely fit. Come on! In those, and they weren't alone. There were like multiple people. I'm looking around. I'm those like, these are huge. Eighty percent of the people in this theater were squeezed into those giant chairs. I'm like, old movie theaters, they wouldn't have fit in. I'm like, well, that's different. And of course, the uh, the Hammond the entire time makes the misophonia. My ears go crazy. But these are my problems. I'm looking around, just going, man, this is an embarrassment. Just these gargantuan human beings smashed into these chairs and uh these weren't the reclining seats which i like they were just the they were the rockers you can rock back and forth you didn't have the foot rests which is good but oh uh, so the are they a newer seat or are they the kind of the original no they're amc they're bigger they're like uh you know recliner seats without the foot gotcha right a lot of them have the feet thing you could and i find that hysterical too that we got so disturbingly lazy that we're, we lay down in those things. I know those are the grossest. Now we buy them for our homes, the theater chairs. Oprah Winfrey went to the theater 25, 30 years ago and did swabs on all the seats. And all of them came back with human feces on them. I can't imagine what letting people just lay around and snot and drool all over. And you know those kids aren't coming up and wiping those off at the end of the day. They don't have time. Get in there, clean up, get out. So it's just, they're just, I mean, airplane seats are gross enough. This is bad. So the people in front of us, uh, as I walked through the uh, the small aisle, there wasn't enough room for me to walk through because they were kicked back so far, you know, leaning back in the seat that, that you know, it was like it, it, they were taking up the whole aisle. So I had, excuse me, got to get, oh, bruh. they'd sit there and sat forward and they were huge. So that was the first thing I noticed. Now they have five foot walkways. Some of them do. Some do. On the recliners, they have to because they'll kick you. Otherwise, it's the – but, I mean, you still shouldn't have been able to push the seat back that far. It was the weight. That that seat, that chair was doing all it could to stay. The springs were screaming. It was maxed out. It was to try to stay a chair. And then, of course, the, the wife was like three bags of popcorn deep, a thing M&M's, just constantly rattling and packing. I was going nuts. But watching Oppenheimer, two things I didn't expect. First thing, nudity. It was great. There's a right. sex scene in it. I'm like, wow, that's missing from modern cinema. It's like a hot uh, cowgirl sex scene. That was pretty good. And then uh, she got naked a couple of times. So I was like, that's good. That's an old throwback to the movie. But uh, as I watched the movie. Did you able to get through it? It's even long. with a major historical uh, inaccuracy that happened? Well, which one? Did you even? Okay. There's a couple. It's like Pearl yeah. Harbor or what? Yeah, there's a. Here's my beef with the movie. I liked it. It was yeah. really well acted uh, to me. And I don't know why nobody's saying this, or maybe they are and I haven't seen it. It's a, uh, a, a um, history, it's a revisionist history of how the Red Scare went. It's a lot of like 2023 values on the communist scare of the 50s. Because uh, that's basically, it's focused more on that than it is the bomb. The bomb gets built, they blow it up, and then it's an hour and a half of a trial. Uh, it's Oppenheimer's life. It's not about the bomb. It, the bomb is a major part of it, but it's like, okay. And then there's this trial afterwards of, you know, whether or not he's a communist, which is a real thing. But this is uh, almost a, 
uh, the way they tell it, it's like, geez, pretty tough on the commies, huh? Those bad guys sure did hate communists. Like, wait a minute. The bad guy in this movie is the one dabbling in communism. Not the people pointing it out at the certain, you know, during that time. You yeah. knew if you went to communist uh, rallies or you went to union labor super parties back in the 30s and 40s, you were running the risk of getting ostracized and beaten down pretty heavily, losing your job and everything else. So, you know, whether or not Oppenheimer was ever in it is the debate. But all these other people, they made the they made it a subtle bad guy thing to say, you know, you're a socialist and you're, you're possibly dealing with the enemy. It, it wasn't it like and big surprise from Hollywood that they're trying to make communism and, you know, socialism more of a gosh, they're just trying their best to find a new way. And those those terrible capitalists and greedy government officials are the bad guys here. And I started watching that with a different eye midway through. And I'm like, they're, he should be in trouble. Like every ounce of this dude should be in trouble. He he dabbled in communism. His brother was a card-carrying communist. He banged on a consistent, the naked lady in it, consistently communist. And back then, if you screwed with communists, you're black you were in big trouble. So it wasn't like this flashlight on the time. It was with the jaded eye of 2023 on top of it. And it's not like normal Hollywood, which is, you know, the seven dwarfs thing that's going around, which is just a ham-handed way of saying, you know, of indoctrination or like what I'm hearing about Barbie, which is just everybody keeps screaming about the it's over woke Kirby, and feminist. Kirby even and, said well, he expected it. Kirby said it was too anti-man. Yeah. Really? She, that was, I go, what do you think? And she goes, man, the agenda, there was an agenda on this thing on how really? the world is run. But when it's run by men, it's a mess. Right, and women fix everything. Yeah. And, you know, they have to do that because Barbie is such a polarizing, make-you-throw-up figure. They can't focus on the fact that Barbie's just a hot piece that everybody wanted. They have to make her powerful, and I got that going in. And I knew, yeah, you know, when, when uh, L.A. gets a hold of something like that, they're going to make it a woman power movie. And here's the other thing it's empowering women to do. Uh, pink is not for everyone, ladies. It's not. And I don't know what the deal is. Everyone went pink. Oh, yeah. in the theater, walks, walking into Op. You could tell who was seeing Oppenheimer and who was seeing uh, Barbie because the Barbie crowd looks like big fat wads of chewed gum wandering around thinking that they look great in body suits that, no, you don't look good. And pink is not for everyone. It's revealing. It shows every gross part of you. And there were a lot of people that just thought, I look like Barbie. Nope. You look like Barbie if we left her on the sidewalk in the middle of July here in Phoenix. She's, she's not that melted and blobby. It was it was weird. Like, I'm looking at the whole crowd. I'm like, oh. And I don't know what it is about Margot Robbie movies that makes the incredibly average girl think she should dress like Margot Robbie. Well, it's a, it's The bar's too high for most of you to try to look like her. I mean, the comparison of what she looks like versus what I saw wandering around at that AMC yesterday, good lord. But think about how many pigs were out there dressing up like Harley Quinn. That's what I mean. It's like, come on. Like every time she has a movie, women go, I want to dress like her. It's like, no, you don't. This is a terrible idea. At least they're not doing the Wolf of Wall Street and taking the clothes off. Well, they do probably for some poor bastard who's not allowed to say anything. That's for a Netflix and chill night. Stop (laughs) dressing up like Margot Robbie's character. She's killing it. And Brett brought up the word pig. I don't know if you noticed or not, but they wear Barbie colors, too. And that's the first thing I was thinking when I saw you guys all pinked out. Certainly wasn't, wow, they look like Margot Robbie. I thought, where's the trough? 
There was a run on pink apparel Boy, on was Friday. There. The was only Thursday. thing missing from 90% of that apparel was a curly tail. Those ladies need to stop with the pink bodysuits. You can wear a black bodysuit, that'll help you. But boy, the pink ones. Ooh, God. If I wore like a pink tight bodysuit, I'd get made fun of like crazy. And rightfully so. I shouldn't do it. It doesn't look good. Any bodysuit on me should not be worn. Nah, skip the bodysuit altogether. Pink, black, whatever. It's not going to help these broads. <laughs> Most of them I agree nah. with. <laughs> they, I, I've, the, the, you know, I could have gone dressed as a mushroom cloud and been the smallest one compared to half that Barbie <laughs> audience. It was I mean, weird. I, I lost my mind for a night, and I, I did the Harley Quinn thing, and it just, it just didn't feel joke, right. As a joke, because you weren't sitting there going, don't I look hot? Yeah. Don't do Margot Robbie's characters anymore, ladies. It's not for you. It's just not. And I know you're supposed to feel like, you know, we can do whatever we want. No, you shouldn't. You should. St- there's still some pride and decency and shame. So people were upset, John Oppenheimer the major historical inaccuracy they were waving american flags throughout the movie oh it yeah took place in 1945 oh they missed the, the stars they had 50 stars on those Oops. flags didn't quite have 48 1945 yeah. oh wow real i'm gonna count those i know exactly historical accuracy inaccuracy i'm sure there's tons of it but i just thought the whole movie was kind of uh a re- it was subtle, which is rare for Hollywood, but it was subtle to me to sit back and like the people you were supposed to kind of have a, a like you're not sure which side to, you know, how to root for this person were the blue blood Americans. Like the ones that were true blue, obviously loyal to the country. You thought, mm, like maybe you're supposed they're to go, I think that person. guy's going to get him. You know, I think there's something going on with him. Like, we're, like he's. The one dude that kept trying to shut down Robert Oppenheimer's uh, socialist rallies on a campus. And he's like, you can't do it here. Like they made him seem like a bad guy. And all Oppenheimer was trying to do was get the workers to get fair shakes. And it's and it's very much, especially then, like now it would be a little different. But back in the 30s and 40s, those communist rallies, they were, nobody knew. Like you were, and you were a sympathizer to the enemy. And Russia was not quite the enemy, but World War II had a lot of... Hey, we got to show Russia we've got this special weapon, too, because when we were reluctant allies in World War II. That wasn't a, a best pals moment. It was just... And especially gotta... after the fact when we uh, stepped in and divided stuff up. Sure. The spills. But that's even beyond the that. spoils. This was, uh, we, we are enemies with a common enemy. That's bigger than our beef right now. So that nuclear bomb was more about like, hey, look, world, we've got the we juice, got you don't, and we'll use it. And, it, you know, Japan was almost finished anyway. It's a it's a solid movie as it comes to that, but I wasn't too. I mean, it's three hours. Oh, it's long. It's long. Is it like Irishman long? Like too long? Or uh, is it... They could have trimmed it. Okay. But that's again, you're talking of me who I hate movie theaters passionately, mm. and uh, and I think the sound in movie theaters is overblown now. Like they try so hard to make it louder than good that it comes across like. Just and it's a constant uh, fiddle in the background. Like they have a dramatic, like going the whole movie. But it's good. But I wouldn't give it like this amazing. Like everybody's, it's good. And by the way, it's going to win all the awards. Yeah, it's, and it's just because of what it is. And and it I, to me, it really just shouted out, yeah, America, huh? <sighs> okay, I mean, there's options. Wonder what it is now because like on Saturday, the. 
when they first did the Rotten Tomatoes comes out yeah. with their first score. It was 97 for Oppenheimer. Yeah. It was 90 for the Barbie movie. Sure. And I'm sure they're – look, it's it's worth watching. But I just watching it, I just thought to myself, this is if you – if and I, and I actually thought of uh, – because Kirby went and saw it. I remember talking to you guys and she was here last week. And I said, did you want to see that? Like, she doesn't have any knowledge, I'm sure, of the Reds. Neither do I, but they taught the Red Scare in a big way. My Her, her grandparents – weren't constantly on about communism. My grandpa, you couldn't shut him up about it. All he said, we got to stop these commies. Like in the 80s, he was yeah. screaming that. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, well, the spread of communism, get in there and tear them apart. Like his, the mere mention of it, you destroyed it as fast as possible. That was how he grew up. That was that, was that generation. This one going in, her and her friends going to that, and I thought, I'm like, I wonder what people who are teenagers are watching thinking Oppenheimer got a raw deal here. Like he got... He was being, uh, you know, attacked for no good reason. All he did was try to, you know, spread a new idea. And I was like, ah. But he, you know, he hung, like if you're hanging around a bunch of communists with like parties of communism and you kind of get labeled a communist. And I started thinking, well, he's and he's also kind of an asshole. Yeah, I didn't see him he's as an a all in a day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I watched him and I kind of thought this Oppenheimer character. Sort of a prick. But at least no one in my theater was dressed as, you know, Wilbur from Charlotte's Web. I don't know what was going on with that. Time you go out in the lobby, you look around like, what is happening? So many selfies and... Oh, and they have a... Inside the theater, they have one of those cellophane giant Barbie boxes that you can pose in. And a couple of them were in there, and I was just like, what is that noise? Oh, they're posing for their Instagram. A whole bunch of them over there. It's, I want some bacon. I don't understand. Do they serve bacon today? <laughs> and then they just ate the entire movie. I can't imagine being in the Barbie theater because all you would hear. <laughs> as the hogs fill that stretch suit a little more. I didn't see one. Like you'd think. You'd see some smoke shows at the Barbie, right? With all this, like, Margaret, nope. None of the hot girls were interested in dressing it up because they do that every day. This was dress them ups for the, for the grunters. How many guys got drugged to that movie? It was pretty girl were, heavy. There okay. were a couple of dudes in all pink. Uh, no ladies near them. So KDKB had a yep. uh, yeah, opening yeah, yeah. KDKB had a, screening. had a premiere screening, <laughs> evidently, at, like, 3 o'clock. And... Uh, <laughs> It went well. Let's just say that because the guy seemed happy. But yeah, there was some, there was a lot of like uh, pink short, pink pant, uh, you know, cabana wear. A lot of that going on. But White I did blazers, not, pink. I did see uh, a mom, and this was uh, like I can't imagine if my mom did this, but a mom dressed. Uh, she had her pigskin on, and then uh, which is a full on like Kim Kardashian bodysuit. And I mean. Where the boobs ended and the next roll began was uh, like it was one of those. I mean, she's two twenty five, two thirty, if anything. It's just, and you can be gigantic, just don't wear that. What happened to shame? And uh, anyway, she's wandering around, and her and her daughter's dressed up, and her daughter's future's dim. Let's just say that. <laughs> and then the son was there, and he just had a t shirt and a pair of like little cut off jeans and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, the boy didn't do it. And I'm, I guarantee you, mom tried. Like, you're going to wear a pink suit. Like, I am not wearing, not dressing like this. I, 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 you know, 
And so he just had a little T-shirt and stuff. So he got drugged, and I noticed he was probably 8 to, to 11, somewhere in there. Like, all right, poor bastard's got to. But again, he gets to sit and watch Margot Robbie, and those that I'm fine with that. But then on the drive home, he's reminded, or just looking around the theater, reminded that Margot Robbie is a rarity on this planet. you got to search high and low. Needle in a fat stack. They're everywhere. Yeah, it was the same thing with Harley Quinn. They all started thinking they could look like Harley Quinn. I didn't get it. I still don't. I never once saw anybody do it better. It's like me if I were to dress as, like, full out. Jason uh, Momoa yeah, or something. Yeah, Aquaman, right? <laughs> I go to Halloween as Jason Momoa. Women would be brutal. What do you think you are? I'm like, I'm Jason Momoa at Shark Week. Can't you tell? You're <laughs> bald and it's gross and you don't have any muscles. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I can... Hey, I'm going to get yelled at for saying you guys look terrible in your pink bodysuits trying to dress up like uh, Margot Robbie. But I try the Momoa thing. Suddenly, you're like, where's your shame? And you're right. If I'm Momoa out at all, at any given time, I should be ridiculed because it's hilarious. Get that sleeve tattoo on no, there. If, oh, I'm, yeah. if I came in here as Momoa, hey, go into the new Momoa movie. You guys would be like, what in the f- is wrong with you go put a shirt on first of all and these scaly tight pants you look ridiculous because dudes still do that for each other girls won't do it girls would never look at each other and go oh hannah you shouldn't wear that but if i showed up in momoa gear the teasing would be imagine toledo coming in here as aquaman how many years would he hear about that Brady wore a Rafael Nadal tank top once. Still makes me laugh when I think about it. That was probably 18 years ago. Still hilarious. And what did you do? Never wore it here again. Like a decent human being realized, whoa, I should not dress as Rafi Nadal. I don't wear tank tops. Don't have the physique for it. I look silly. And you guys would tease. Like, what's going on? You got a couple threads hanging off your... Oh, those are your arms. (laughs) Yeah, the shame is not there. Women are mean to each other because they don't tell each other the truth about that stuff. Oh, what are you? You're dressed up as a babe? No, we're going to Barbie. Oh, I thought you were babe. I'm sorry. I was about to, that'll do, pig. <laughs> Where's Farmer Hoggett? I thought for sure he's going to be falling into the theater. We were just having fun. You'd have crushed me. And every other man who wandered into a Jason Momoa dressed as Jason Momoa. And we were just having fun, too, but you're right. No woman ever says that about a dude, like a Brady dressed as Jason Momoa and went into the theater feeling great about himself. Women would tear you apart. And they should. They're not nice to us when we play and have fun, but when it's them, it's like, we're just having fun and you guys objectify us. Well, I thought that's what that thing riding up your front gooch was to object to be objectified. I've they, seen they more lips to... here than a than a Mick Jagger picture. All would take <laughs> is one one giggle. You're going in there if you really feel like uh, like I go in there and I'm Jason Momoa. I feel like Jason Momoa. Right. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, it sinks you like a like yeah. the Titanic. And they'd be right. Yeah. You dressed as Jason Momoa, automatically funnier than it is sexy. Immediately. There was some girl yesterday in a, like a, this dress was, this took time. Like, I'm thinking she got ready longer than the movie lasted. Big hair, like full, like super dress. Oh, Did she's just, no, okay. wasn't even close to work. And the poor dress was like, the, the dress was embarrassed to be wrapped around her. Oh. We're just having fun. All right. 
That well, dress ne- isn't. Next time the nerds roll in dressed up as, uh, you know, Deadpool or Aquaman, don't you snicker in the background and make big jokes about how nerdy and stupid they look. They're just having fun. It wasn't even cosplay. It was like a fashion show. And it, I'm like, I, I was dying. Uh, it might have been closer to cosplay. Yeah. It was without. It was unintentional cosplay. That's just yeah. we'll put it that way. They didn't realize they were in bad costumes or fun. I I wanted to like ah ha, 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 you look hilarious, good one, and just see how they just fall off the planet. Well, what are you talking about? I look sexy. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you look slippery because you're sweating so hard. And they got to be single because yeah. no man's going to let their their broad go out like that. No, no, no. They were, it was a it was a lot of like uh, I told you moo-moos only. Yeah, it was a lot of. <laughs> here, my prediction is is a lot of girls that in a few years will be in Sedona to help their one friend get her groove back after the divorce. That was a lot of that. A lot of wine. And it was the postino girls' oh, nights. Yeah, it was a lot of. We don't need some guy to have fun. I went and bought a big fat. I mean a big dress. Can you imagine the after parties at Postinos after that movie oh, let out? Postinos. I feel bad for the waiters. Man. Having to see all that chewed up gum sitting in their chairs. Oh, just <laughs> push them up against the wall and see if they stick or stuff them under a table. It was bad. So, And pink's not for everybody. If you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, God, I've got, this is not right. Again, bash, bash all you want. At least I have the pride inside to not try to dress up as Jason Momoa and wander around to his new movie. I could pull a Jason Statham off if I, you know. But I'm not wandering around with it because I'm not Jason Statham quality. I am the uh, Don Swayze to Jason Statham. I'm the lesser version. I look like uh, if Jason Statham was in a strange car accident. He didn't quite make it out right. You're just having fun. At my expense. They did miss a great opportunity in Oppenheimer, though. And I would like to re-edit it because during the sex scene, Oppie... uh, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how do you not just have him imagine the new... Drop uh, yeah, yeah dropping Heimer inside, dropping cider. <laughs> and uh, he gives her the bomb. And I just thought, how in the world do you not go to his brain just mushroom clouding right there? Or at least, you know, <laughs> just make the noise. <laughs> well, he's kids. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect a, a hot... Is that with Florence Pugh? I think so. Yeah. I just didn't expect it. Like, she's doing a full ride. And I'm like, wow, she's grinding? Like, I have to search for this. Like, this is normally something I search for and come up missing some stuff. That's true. Uh, this one says, good morning, John. It's a girl. Hysterical start to the show. Dying on the pink talk. Doesn't Brady have a photo of his of himself dressed as Bovarine? <laughs> that's right. Remember when you were... Yeah, Bogarine. The Bogar- no, Bovarine's better because it's bovine, and that's hilarious. <laughs> Bovarine. So I can't find it. It's an urban legend. I want to see. Right. Now, if Brady dressed up like that and wandered around pretending like he was dead serious about how he looked, and it was a it was a beauty thing, we'd have, we ridiculed you anyway because your your balls were being split in half oh, by that suit so. that was too small. And by the way, your uh, testicles, your moose knuckle that was showing in that, yeah, smaller in most cases than the labia bombs I was looking at yesterday in those pink body suits. Oh. Look like two nuts on either side of the uh, seam. Like, lady, your testicles are being split in half. You're a jerk. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm your best friend. I'm the only one who cares about you. I'm the only one who told you, go put something over this. Nobody else seems to mind. Oh, they all mind. mind yeah. Oh, they all mind. Nobody else seems to have the guts to say it. You need shame back. 
But Brady Momoa would be pretty damn funny, I have to say. Brady Gaga was pretty great. But we've all done it as like, look how silly it would be if someone thought this was real. It's true. <laughs> Hard work and dedication. That's what you need. Money may. That's right. TMT, baby. The money team gets you back up there. The hard work and dedication to make the joke. Works every time. Just go, Brett, today, later in the day, just go sit at the theater outside of a Barbie thing and watch it roll in about 5 o'clock. And and then just like, I want to do a little thing outside of it to where you ask, how long did it take you to get ready? About two hours. The movie's an hour and a half. Like, what are you doing? Well, she had a fitted... Oh, she had to slide Blob in there, yeah. into that bodysuit. How much KY jelly did it take to get this on? And what's with that? Like, can't you wear something big? <laughs> it doesn't have to be so tight. No one dressed up as a mushroom or, uh, you know, a Japanese guy melting or anything like that for Oppenheimer. Everybody just went to the movie like you're supposed to. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, you don't go into Oppenheimer going, look at me, I'm a mushroom cloud. You just piss off the guy behind you with your hat. Barbie, you missed it. If you didn't go Friday or Saturday, you just missed it, especially if you're going today and you're going to gussy up. Now, little kids, that's fine, but I didn't see any little kids doing it. It was all moms and weirdos. I should have did that this weekend. Just stood at the theater. Yeah, but my face would have been hurting so much. It was already puffy as it was. Yeah. Yeah, you've just been laughing yeah, at all these You shouldn't uh, express uh, facial muscles so much with all your, <laughs> you know, your, your recent problems with that abscess. Yeah, if you, and then if you went to The Godfather dressed as Corleone, it's funny. No, yeah. if you went as sexy Corleone, I don't understand what you're doing. I'm on a body and I look pretty good. Look at my bulge. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Look at my cannoli. I look left the gun. Look at my pichadil. It's, it's, <laughs> don't you want to see The Godfather's pichadil? Why is everybody laughing? But they have that cellophane box set up that you can, that, and then people can get in it. And man, these girls were getting in there, and the photos were never ending. And I'm like, oh, you guys are going to look at it and feel okay. You're okay with it. There was one. Just think about that when they were making that box. They're like, how wide? Oh, they made a big box. It? it was big. It's a great they're big like, box. Yeah. Two yeah. Trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great big box for a great big box. There was a lot of that. I will say, the one girl that made the pink pop was uh, she's an African-American lady. And she wasn't thin, but she was shapely. She looked good. And her skin was just black. And that pink was screaming off of her. And I'm like, that looks okay. Then she got in a Barbie box. And her big dopey white friend started taking pictures and couldn't figure out how come she couldn't see her inside the box. And I started laughing. But it wasn't because of that, Brett. Oh, okay. It was because she had her flash on, and it was bouncing and it kept off reflecting that the, uh, yeah. That was just a picture of the box with a strange shadow lurking in there. You have no idea. I was like, I, I can't make it work, Sanisha. She did it again. The flash is on. It's not. I have to put a flash on, and you won't show. I'm smiling. <laughs> put a white towel behind her. I think that's the problem. All I'm getting is the dread. You should get out of the box. It worked for all of us. Man, dumb bitches. <laughs> she had to be furious. She's the only one who looked okay. But, I, yeah, it was funny. Look, pictures. Let's go get some raisinettes. We gotta go get some candy. I don't like the new system. I don't know what to do. 
Just gotta just bring it in. They bring it to you. I don't understand. Do I get my own drink? Where? Where would you get your own drink? Why? They bring it to you. What do I do? Move is what you do. M&M's, french fries, drink, done. How do you know when they got it right? It gives you a receipt. Go f*** off. Yeah, so it was, it was, it's worth sitting around watching. I want to go over to, like, uh, I think Fashion Square would be the place to go. Because there's going to be an awful lot of Arcadia moms dragging their daughters that they're trying too hard to be friends with. And Gilbert's got to be just disturbing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh the theater was raw. I dropped oh. Kirby off when, you know, she met a big group in there. Yeah. Wearing the pink get up. Did she go white pink too? She wore a white jacket with a uh, a pink shirt underneath. We're all wearing pink, but tastefully, probably not. Uh, yeah, and that was what they're yeah. you know they were having. One of those they're things. teenagers. That doesn't the count. group having fun. Yeah, teenagers are fine. They can dress up like whatever they want. They haven't ruined their lives yet. The moms are the ones in the, in the mid twenties ones that I'm like ugh. Yeah, kids. I don't I don't pay attention to anything they do. They don't count yet. Uh, it's 617. Let's get ourselves a wake-up song. A good one. It's birthday boy week. That's what we're going to start today. Yeah. Birthday boy week. Big parties. And also, later this morning, Brett Don't, Kip Winger joins us. Oh, I don't got a problem Okay, Kip. good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Kip no, Winger. Okay, That's fine. right, Brady. Kip Winger, uh, lead singer of Winger, if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> he's going to... Uh, that was gonna, my guess. He's going to join us in just a little bit. And uh, his his story is... Ah, we'll we'll get into it with Kip. It is it is remarkable. Dude had the whitest teeth on MTV though when that video came out. Sebastian Just, Bach and Kip man. Winger would made every guy question whether or not they'd do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of looking at Kip Winger going, You're too pretty to be famous. It was weird. But Kip Winger's uh, gonna join us later this morning. That's right. And everybody who scoffs or throws an email out, wait until you hear Kip's story and then and then uh, stuff your head deep in your ass because it's—I didn't know some of this stuff, and I wow, it's crazy. Uh, he's going to join us a little while. Maybe we do Madeleine this morning for the wake-up song. If it pops up, there was some winger in honor. That's—I still like that song. If you didn't know, it was winger. I don't remember that song. Madeleine was their big, their first big hit. Remember seventeen? Yeah, and yeah I don't. Madeleine. Can't get enough of you. That's those are the ones I remember. Love too tough to take. You'd know it if you heard it. Right. It was a big hit. Yeah, there was—they had three or four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk to Kip a little later this morning. Let's get that wake-up song. 585-9800. A good one. We scream it together. It's 98KUPD. Wake up! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. UPD. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Uh, the good, good emails coming in about uh, the uh, delicious bar beef crowds. As uh, Scott Haynes says, it's a good thing Porkopolis wasn't open because you could have had a special. Show up dressed as your entree. Night. We'll give you 50% off here at Barbecue Pork Porkopolis. Brady Brooks, Mike. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of things, and then uh, you know, dudes who got drugged to this are now emailing me. 
basically saying uh, they still made Barbie a super sex symbol, which I was surprised at. But the whole deal is to make fun of and encourage making fun of nerdy dudes. Not really. And then another guy said, Michael Sarah is the target of every joke in this thing as a guy. I'm like, wow, how about that? I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't go to the theater to see Barbie. I have to I go and see Oppenheimer in the movies because I wanted the big boom. It's okay. Brady, you're never going to fix that. Toledo, you want to help him out? We'll get it. We'll get it there. He's struggling. And then the weekend, evidently. Uh, now, I have a theory about this as well. Disturbed show canceled. Saturday night, Friday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Canceled people because the, the, the people could not, uh, like, his his equipment wouldn't work, so to speak. He's in his 50s. <laughs> it happens. Say, it happens wow. that, look, David happens Try the little to, blue pill. happens to all of us. Sometimes we think it's there. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Order it up. Get yourself a little bit of a helper. What is going on over there? They're rebuilding the studio. Yeah, all right. Boy, you couldn't be further off from where you're supposed to be screwing that thing. Boy, talk about equipment not working. <laughs> so Dave Draymond cancels the show. Like, Disturbed says, sorry, everybody in Phoenix. I couldn't make the show. Our equipment wouldn't hold up in the heat, which is absolute bull. <laughs> they have fans. It's under shade. I've watched my friend Marty, who is part of uh, uh, Malvo's Trunk, Holmberg Undercover, playing Friday night at the... Uh, Gopher Blues downtown for Alopecia Blues at John Holmberg's 51st birthday super celebration. However, that aside, Marty just played a show for, I think it was the 4th of July, Tempe 4th of July. Nine hours outside with breaks in between, but not many, all day on the 4th of July. And I think the temperature on the 4th of July was like 115 degrees. This is Marty's equipment, not Disturbed's equipment. Held up the whole day. You know what it takes? A couple fans. He we didn't, didn't want to go no. in the sun. He's chubby. He wears a lot of clothes. His outfit is not conducive to. You I don't know. think he would have been in the sun. He wouldn't have been. But no, I mean, they would have been on nine o'clock. Look, or the something. air temperature yeah, is still one fifteen, one ten, and he's in a jumpsuit from head to toe. Just and up. he's built like Kevin Pollock now. He's not exactly what he used to be. So he canceled because he was too hot. It at like five thirty. I know because like he five thirty six because he kept saying, "Hey, look," and I, he, I guarantee I've done this. Or you feel like, oh, looks like this. I've said it about shows. If I have, if I have any trouble getting in the parking lot, I'm not going. Just and that's just me not wanting to do it in the first place. I'm looking for any excuse to go, all right, well, it looks like we can't go on. Dave Dreamin did not want to dance around for you Saturday night. There's no possible way. Take off the Uncle Fester outfit and <laughs> just, just go up yeah, there. Put a pair of shorts, shorts on. Yeah. I will understand. Just go, it's too goddamn hot to put yeah. the suit on. And just sing your sing, you know your your songs. We want to see you. If the crowd's able to stand in it, your equipment's able to stand in it. Equipment, rain or shine. Remember rain or shine on your tickets. Yeah. It, it can handle pouring rain. I was at that Pearl Jam show in two thousand two thousand one, whenever that was, and I've never seen a downpour like I saw. And ever, I mean, the stage was leaking. I thought the whole thing was going to collapse. Those dudes didn't care. Indoor, outdoor, it had nothing to do with it. Dave. Draymond did not want, and you know what? I'd have more respect for him going, I'm not going out in this shit. Are you crazy? Good. Or did something else happen that or they had to that. use that yep. as the, uh, well, yeah. well, don't worry, I got yeah. you on this. Or Dave Draymond uh, got caught with his wiener and some yeah. guy's wife and th- there was a fight in the back. Yeah, there could be that. But my guess is, looking at Dave, 
He don't want to go sw- dancing around in that black suit he wears. This is ridiculous. And he just made a poor choice, in, much like the ladies who were going to Barbie. He made a poor fashion choice. Tank top, shorts, go out there in flip-flops and go, guys, I'm going to waka caca in, uh, all night long, but I'm going to do it dressed as like a surfer. Like, I'm Spicolian tonight because it's ridiculously hot here. Now, I understand that electronics can overheat, but if you've ever been on that stage... We were at a, a U-Fest once where there were double stages, and Rob Zombie had that second thing. And I remember it was like 140. Yeah. And Zombie's standing over there, and direct sunlight on the equipment. It was fine. It was fine. That stuff will hold up in the middle of the day. It will hold up. If you're the closer and the first acts are okay, you're going to be just fine. Or equipment. You didn't want to stand there with Pyro because, you know, he had Pyro. He just he didn't feel like it. Or Ronnie Brady's right. Rocks yeah, thing. she she fell out at that zombie show. She about passed out. Yeah, that was a that was a big one. And we've had days where that we've never once worried about the equipment overheating because you take great measures to make sure that that stuff stays cool. Fans above, around, tons of that stuff. Now there is the uh, uh, the other side that maybe the Cal Ripken, maybe Dave Draymond. Was banging Kevin Costner's ex. I mean, there's that whole thing that happened with uh, Cal Ripken that very possibly, with all the Kevin Costner news, she made her way over. Dave Draymond stuck it in. Kevin Costner fought her. We had to turn the sprinklers on and uh, cancel the game. We bull Durhamed it? We bull Durhamed it in a big way. There's a very strong possibility. But there's the excuse they're giving, I don't believe. Unless, I mean, I would just say, hey, look, our equipment shut down completely. Don't blame the heat. It's our equipment shut down completely. Yeah. It was 117 once I saw Metallica with Jerry Cantrell, Days of the New. 70% humidity. It was the hottest day I've ever had. It packed to the gills. A complete BS. Yeah. I've been to shows when it's at least 110, 115 in the daytime, and the equipment never once sputtered. Well, I read a post from Beef, the guy that does all the, you know, good work yeah. here and yeah, does yeah. all the shows out there. And he, he actually said it's the first time I ever remember a show being canceled because of heat out here. Right. Now, was he never making happened. a... Uh, no, I think he's I think he's being... Totally serious. No, but was he being a, a global warming enthusiast, or was he no, taking a poke no, at Dave? Take, I think he was taking a poke. Yeah. Something else may have happened. There could have been. Because it's one of the two. Nothing in between. If well, he's sick, you can say I'm said, sick. You know, make that call a week earlier. Well, you don't know it. Like, that's why That's why it's... Well, they know it's going to be over a hundred. Oh, no, 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 right. But I'm just saying that that's why their excuse is weak. You could have made that. To, yeah. to cancel at 530... Is People either already there. Dave's too lazy, or somebody got caught doing something terrible, or the band's in a huge fight. Yeah. Something immediate happened. Something right then and there happened, and and they stormed off. And may not have been Draymond. It might have been the guitar player. Dave might have been like, "I'm. We can't go on because we don't have half our band." Crew walked out. But my guess is, and Dave's been. He's had a tough year and a half. He's got you know the divorce and all this stuff. Who knows? I don't know if he's lost weight or not. Last time I saw him, I'm like, woof. Like, if it was Marilyn Manson, the equipment will work. We'd all said cocaine and fat. There's no possible way. And I give it to you, but just say so. I'm so fat for this. Okay. No one's going to get mad at you if you're, you know, I can't get it. I cannot dance around for an hour and a half and do a decent show in 120 degrees. I'm just too fat. I'm out of shape. And I haven't seen Draymond. He might be in shape now. Divorce tends to do that to a guy. They usually get ripped. 
<laughs> he might have his late fifties ripped Dave Draymond body. But I'm betting no revenge diet. Yeah, that revenge thing. Well, I just you know the first months of not eating, realizing I'm just taking half of my disturbed money. Working on your profile, your online dating. <laughs> right, you got your bumbling a little bit. You got to start doing some sit-ups. <laughs> These chicks, half of them don't know who Dave Draymond is. They give him the lead singer of Disturbed. What's Disturbed? I like Harry Styles. I, oh, people of the sun, this is going to be harder than I thought. I command the audiences east, north, south, and west. Oh, like Elmer Fudd from the cart? No, goddammit. Like, no, in a tougher way. East winds blow. West winds blow. No. No, I'm Dave Draymond. Would you like to go to dinner? Five o'clock? <laughs> I don't like getting out too late. It's too warm. How can you eat soup on a day like this? <laughs> Gets his AARP discount yeah. and everything. So what do you do for a living? Why don't I just show you? Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm singing one of my hits. That's Simon and Garfunkel, and you're ruining it. That's what a lot of people said. <laughs> Too hot, my ass. But I still like Dave Draymond. He's a... But I just want the honest truth. And maybe Beef is going to tell us the honest truth someday, and we'll find out what happened. But right now, I'm not buying. The equipment wouldn't work. To find out he wasn't going to make it back in time because the Dolly Steamboat took forever. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Arizona. <laughs> Sir, could you please just let the recording do the work? Dave's That's- not going to make the show, man. Yeah. Ooh, I-, I-, I love you, Arizona. Still this- wouldn't make it any better. No, it wouldn't. If, oh. if, if, if Disturb played a free show on that stupid steamboat, I'd still try to sink it. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I'm going to kill you and your band today. And me. I'm going down with you. We're all going down. People of the bottom of the sea. Like, shut up, Dave. Just, we're going down. But I don't buy it. I'm not buying that. I never have and never will. Every time in the... You know, you used to know it. My sister got all uh, slutted up once here in town years ago. Um, Billy Idol was playing. And I mean, her and I her. I going to say Menudo or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was way before. Sorry, See, what, my, what you don't know, that Brett is bringing back, you may know. My sister used to like to date uh, foreign nationals to piss my dad off. And I use that term loosely. They were illegal immigrants. <laughs> Menudo. Good one. Anywho, so she was going to go see, but quit playing with it. You broke it once. Uh, Billy Idol or Billy, yeah, Billy Idol is that a thing? I got him. I got to manage this. Right it's like either. running a. <laughs> yeah. What you don't know is that Brady gives me a hand job while I'm talking. <laughs> well, can't help it. I got I got a monitor. Uh, so Billy Idol was uh, uh, supposed to play, and I, th- I don't remember where it was. I think it was Celebrity Theater. It was way back, late '80s, early '90s, and she's just getting whored out with her friends, big hair, doing the whole thing, and. Uh, I think it was we were listening to KZZP because back then every station played every hit. So if it was a hit station, like, and they said, oh, last second, bad news, bad news. Like, it's 6 o'clock. Billy Idol's canceled his uh, his shows for tonight. And t- I think it was a two-night thing. He canceled his shows. He's uh, some sort of a respiratory infection. Like, he knew that an hour ago. Like, this is cocaine. Everybody knows what the every, – like, in the 80s, you knew when the band canceled it was cocaine. You can't get them – you know, we can't find him, or he's he's crashed from a giant run of drugs. In the eighties, you at least knew that the excuse was a wink and a nod. Oh, he's got a upper respiratory issue. <laughs> really? Okay. 
Yeah, his upper respiratory circulation. I should be concerned for the artist. Yeah, that his, way, the his, oh, I can hang on to my tickets. Right. Well, we'll tell you about it later. We'll tell you when they reschedule. Of course, they're going to reschedule it. And I guarantee you, Dave Draymond reschedules that. It's going to be November. That's better. 90, 93. That's the hottest I can play in. It'll be 75 at night. Dave is a fair weather uh, rock and roll guy now. And I just wanted the people who went out. And I, they're probably not quite leaving yet. The diehards might have gotten in the car to go grab a drink before, but 5.30 is a reasonable time to kibosh it, but still. John, I'm not saying, but uh, I went to the Warp Tour eight years ago, saw Emir, don't know that band, yeah. and the lead singer was in full emo jackets and pants, screaming in 115 degree heat in the sun. Mushroom head. I yeah. call BS on the heat. As I've the never cause. smelled anything worse oh, than mushroom head so in my bad. life. And they wore their full outfits. I watched Slipknot in July once. Full gear. Uh, mushroom head wore all that crap and then was doing a, had the nerve to do a meet and greet after their set. Oh, oh God. Sponsored by us. Oh. Did you have to lead them down there? No, not to that one. Oh. Thank God. I, I'd rather have a day of smelling salts than I ever stand next to them again. They just poison they my brain. You should have them on NFL sidelines. Yeah, you should just have post, post-show mushroom head wandering around a concussion protocol tent. Yeah, it'll wake your eye. They stunk. But you know what? They just put their heart and soul out on a stage in the middle of the day in 110 degrees. Great. Somebody said that they they had everybody waiting outside of the the uh, amphitheater and uh, and it was longer than normal. Then they finally let them in. Then like an hour later, then Hold they canceled it. the show after who, they let who everybody shows in. up for that at five. Everybody trying to get up close in the pit. Yeah, I guess. Well, that's I wouldn't do way that. too early. Mm-hmm. You can work your way up into that pit. <laughs> you got pit tickets. You can do it. I don't need to be that close, Uncle Fester. No. And I, I, I really like Disturbed. I think they're, and they're fun live too. Like, but that's just give me the truth. I have the decency to make it more rock and roll. Oh, loads of cocaine last night. We're not even up for it. We can't do a good show. Whatever it is, but it wasn't your, it wasn't the electronics, and it just wasn't. It wasn't at all. I've got stuff outside that run my pool. And never once is like, oh, it's too hot for my pool speakers to work. It's all fine. Lithium batteries in the heat, man. Right. And everything at that place is under a giant. I like it's it's twenty degrees cooler backstage and on stage, and even the front twenty five thirty rows are covered. Like there's a push it There's out. no yeah. sun. It, it, the equipment did not break. <laughs> Unless by equipment you mean uh, Dave Draymond. Yeah, that's brutal. This guy Jeremy said I was out there the whole time for an hour before they let us in. We could buy merch. We could buy food. We could buy beer. Then they called it. I don't know how that works, but that's your, in a way, that's your fault for showing up four hours early. I don't know who the opener was. Uh, Breaking Benjamin. Oh, shoot. And then there was another opener before yeah. that, but Ginger with J's. Yeah. Were the tour buses even back there? They just skipped Did he even show yeah. up? Just about 5.30, just pull the plug. It's too goddamn hot. <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. Dave, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, this guy says, we left at 6 o'clock on the show. We live in South Gilbert. You can imagine our surprise when we arrived and saw people walking to their cars being told to turn around at the gate. I'm also surprised and disappointed in you. KUPD didn't mention a word until like 7.30. Who was on during that time? Is it behind me? Oh, I can't see that stupid thing. It's like in (laughs) miniature letters. It's too far away. On Saturday? 
Might have been Corey. Chris, Chris or Corey, right? Might have been Love Corey Gun. or That's Margaret. It. Maybe. What was the date? The, the 22nd. Saturday, the 22nd. Who can read this? Yeah. <laughs> Are you finding the right day? Oh. Sean Knight. Oh. Uh, uh. Had to have been getting calls. The Dark Knight. He didn't care. He doesn't care. Don't answer oh, the phone. Yeah, hey, you're so many. You don't answer the phone. I don't know. Nobody answers the phone here. Yeah. that I mean, that was the old, like, you know, in the olden days, program directors got a call when they're concerts. Now it's just Twitter or, or X. I guess they call it X now. It's not Twitter anymore. It's uh, not. Today no, is X. They changed it. It's X. It's called X now. Oh. Bird's gone. Oh, left out. Twitter's gone. It's all gone. Yeah, I don't care. I'll never be part of it. Because you know what it leads you to? Taking photos of yourself in a Barbie box screaming, I can't get it right! I can't get it right! And it's so unimportant. <laughs> it's stupid. Uh, I have to say that we have a listener who uh, used to work here, Alex Child, and he drove everybody crazy because he was just a kid. He's running, like, he's like the CEO of something. Like it. We all were wrong about Alex. Remember Alex? No. He was like an intern. He ran around. He wanted to be, he was a star. He used to tell us stories. But I was, and then he got a job doing a morning show. In North Dakota. In like the smallest town. Oh, North yeah. Dakota he's doing farm office. reports yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're teasing him about farm yeah, reports. Yeah. And he's like, I'm doing this morning show. We're like, Alex, you're lying to yourself and to thinking that that's, he has parlayed this into becoming the vice president, now president of some sports broadcast operation. And he'll send me stuff going, check this out. And it says, you know. President Alex goes on and on about the deals he's striking, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, man! I missed on you in a big way. I liked you, but you f- fooled me. Like he's in charge of this deal, and this is why he fooled me. Presidents of any company should not be firing off this idea. Although, in a much funner society, his idea is the best I've heard. Now, normally I'd just be like, "This is good. I'll run with it," but I have to give him credit for it because otherwise, I'll get in trouble. On the heels of that dude who fell asleep at the WNBA game and got banned from NBA games, yeah. he said, wouldn't it be a great radio promotion if KUPD bought out the first three rows of a Mercury game, right? Man, this is good. So good that I want it to happen. And then to all the people we gave the tickets to, we also gave them Vladimir Putin masks. and just had the whole first three or four rows in Putin masks at a Mercury game. And I'm like, back when radio used to have guts, that's exactly what we'd have done. But now... Dress them in Russian military outfits. Well, you can't go too far with it. That's that's too (laughs) obvious at the gates what you're up to. You can stuff a Putin mask in your pants. Nobody's going to... If you're dressed as a, as a Russian general, they're like, what's going on? Nothing? No, you're going to get everybody in trouble. You have to be a little more subtle than that. But if, and, and it would take them a second. You know, if everybody's in a Putin mask looking around, whoa, oh, you sons of bitches. But if we just had a KUPD, and man, would it be great. Because, you know, 30 years ago, this is exactly what radio used to do, these giant stunts. And then the news would be like, yo, sons of bitches. And we'd laugh and get all the free attention. And now it's like, shut him down. And then everybody loses their job because you can't make fun of Brittany Griner because she was wrongfully detained is what they say. All the time. Oh, but the Mercury first three rows and they're only it's only 80 bucks a seat for we can afford that just to buy it out for buying that many. We should get a deal, too. So that's sure. That's, you know, but they'd be on. I like us. the idea, even if you did a subtle approach too, even if 
Putin is randomly there in games. Oh, just if, one well, person. there's a chance like, I could pull off a Putin. tickets from this deal. Now, what I would have to do is dress you like a horse, take my shirt off, and ride you in. <laughs> <laughs> now that that's something we could do. Now I'd I go would. To a Mercury game. I, I, then I'd have to go to a Mercury game. I know, but I'd go to see that's that. Something you'd go to do. Yeah, absolutely. Now, would it? The, the fear I have. Is that I then get banned from Suns games because the only thing they take away is their valuable tickets, which are not Mercury tickets; they're Suns tickets. So you'll lose your rights to the Suns. They're not pulling those from you. But right now, I would. They would right now because there's demand. Ten years ago, I could have had a whole new row of Suns tickets. They wouldn't have cared. But they'll they'll take your the 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 demand for Suns season tickets are huge. But damn it all! Now we a long time ago got front row seats from the Mercury to try to like the show. And we dressed up in shirts that said, let's scissor and scissor those nets. And we brought Chewy the Rock and Roll Midget and we front row made fun of the whole thing. And then that was back when they, you know, didn't pay attention to much of anything. They could barely catch. But my God, Alex, this is how, how you became the president of something. Because that is a glorious idea. And we couldn't pull it off. But I mean, it makes me the reason I got into radio or loved radio when I was younger was because of stuff like that. Pranks. Like big, giant pranks. They got guys a little bit in trouble, but also kind of winking and nod to everybody else going, it's funny though, right? So it makes me want to try it. The streak in the field. But to the next degree. so good. <laughs> it's so good. Because <laughs> they'd stop the game. The game would, like, fans, if you keep dressing up like Vladimir Putin, the Mercury won't play. And I'm like, man, we should have brought masks for everybody. If, <laughs> if that's their threat, put on your mask. They'll stop doing this horrendous affront to basketball if we all dress up like Vladimir. <laughs> then you'd have all those angry lesbians outside screaming and yelling at you. It would be funny from the second the mask went over your face to the weeks that followed of all the people that were so mad at you for making fun of them. And actually being honest about what happened. You know, and she wasn't wrongfully detained, which is my big beef with that whole thing. It's like, yeah, let's just keep saying what we're saying about it. She still did something stupid. We're glad she's home. But, you know. We are. Well, well some of us are glad she's home. Brett's, <laughs> that's still up in the air on that one. But still, let's not. You know, it's when your uncle gets out of jail for obviously robbing the liquor store. When he comes home, you're like, I'm glad you're home. You're still a dumb. Nobody wants you to live with them. Like, you still have that moment where you're like, eh, I got that deadbeat uncle getting out of the can. He's got nowhere to stay. He wants you, you put up the, you can stay for like a week, but I'm not dealing with you. You have to prove yourself back to us. And she got the free pass. Suddenly it's Russia's fault. But those Putin masks, God damn it. Funny. You, this is exactly what radio used to do. Stuff like this. This is. I remember the, one of my favorite things that happened here was uh, when I think it was JJ that had the idea when they had the KUP used to have a fire truck. Were you here for that? And Larry always tells that story. Well, we didn't own it, but we rented. We it. got hold yes. of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and then going around the uh, Coyotes games. KDKB got an interview with Aerosmith, and it pissed off the program director, so they took the fire truck to where they were interviewing them, which was like a Tower Records or something. Mm. And every time that they turned their mics on, they just fired up the sirens and honked the horn. And the interview was destroyed, which is awesome. Awesome. And we were the same company, too. Uh, yeah, and that was 
<laughs> yeah. the same company. Like we were mad at our own. Like it was, it, it, we were ruining our own. Had to answer to the same boss. And evidently it was, well, it was before we were here, but heat. And of course, and it was creative and fun. So of course it wasn't Pratt. It was the rest of the stage. Like Eddie Webb was in on yeah. it. All that. It was, it's just too good. Texture says, good. John, how about we give the downtown homeless about a three hour break in the AC of Footprint Center? <laughs> Give them all the first two rows of tickets from that homeless camp, and I'm sure they'll take the free mask as well. Zone games. Oh, yeah. I used to work at the zone. We could go down there in old zone t-shirts. Hey, guys. I'm an advocate. Let's get you in some AC. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. They, they'd say, uh, this guy says, they'd see it coming from a mile away. Why the hell are all these people in our front three rows? That's true. <laughs> we would make it suspicious by filling up the, the first three rows. Travis makes a good point. An excellent point. But it's too good. It's too good. And I really admire that. So, uh, Alex, you get the credit for that. Now go run your sports uh, empire, former intern, whatever the hell you did here. And then, you know, whatever the F he did up there in North Dakota. So there's that. Anyway, I, I, I miss those days of it was, the world was more fun, you know. You could you could uh, take the piss out of something back in the day, and people would be like, "Ooh!" and they'd shake their fists. And then a few days later, it'd be over, and no big deal. Now, the maddest I've ever seen anybody at a radio guy for something like that was Bruce Kelly when he uh, gave away the ending to the new Star Wars back in like '98 or '99, whenever that new one came out. And he just said at the end, "This happens," and uh, Qui Gon Jinn gets killed, like uh, Darth Maul dies early. And he's telling everybody. And then he went on TV and he's like, yep, that's exactly what I'm like. I know what he's doing. Like he's getting all this free publicity and attention. And it made people so pe- – that was when we learned it about you. You ruin a movie people want to see. And I don't know if that's true anymore like it used to be. Holy smokes. People lost their minds. Bruce Kelly was also a booze hound. Too. He, was, he, was, he was cutting it close a lot. Some of them weren't uh, radio stunts. Some of them were just that dude with his pants down getting off a plane. So he, I think he'd burned enough bridges to where that one wasn't going to fly. But oh, what I wouldn't give to do something like that without having to, you know, face the the lesbian tribunal afterwards and get voted off the island because that's what they'll do. They'll attack the money. It's not as much fun being alive today as it was back in the day when you used to kick something in the nuts and walk away and go, <laughs> fun. Anyway, what do you guys want to do Tuesday? <laughs> And Brady, your hometown of Columbus, it's a uh, big question marks going on at that zoo. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? Well, they always tell me that zoo people are there for the thorough scientific research. And without that, we wouldn't have any knowledge of the animals the way we know them. Uh, it's a habitat for learning, science, education, and, uh, you know, not necessarily giving them exactly their... Uh, regular lifestyles uh, in the wild, but to recreate it as best they can and then study them. And zoologists, who get mad at you when you say zoologists, but zoologists are uh, highly trained in the animals that they focus on and very specific in the ways that they handle their research. Well, one of the boy gorillas just gave birth. and like, whoops, didn't know it was a girl. I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't even know if it's a girl or a boy. What are we paying for at the door? How do you not know? And evidently, according to the article, gorillas have kind of small dicks. 
But still, you should be the ones that crank. Know. It's still you're you're still just eyeballing the genitals, and it got pregnant and gave birth, and you didn't even know. You're not doing any research. It's all a sham. It's a money machine. These zoologists, garbage. All they do is they're poop cleaners. That's what they are. They're poop cleaners and hay throwers. They don't know anything. If you can't there's tell, a, uh, yeah, I don't know. From the there's a difference between a male silverback. You'd and a think female, so. But, You'd think so. But evidently, they can't tell at the Columbus Zoo. Which, Which is, like is the longest, uh, you huge. know, has had gorillas for right. years. I think it might be the, they've had the longest living in captivity. Yeah. A gorilla, long. listen to how it starts. A gorilla whose zookeepers had long thought to be a male uh, and only discovered to be female when they found her holding her new baby girl. <laughs> zookeepers at the Columbus Zoo in Ohio said in a statement, the eight-year-old Sully, a western lowland gorilla, lived at the facility with her mother and fellow troop members, for four years. The zoo thought she was a dude. So they did no exam. Now, this could be indoctrination, too, that they're trying to make it so that even gorillas, you know, have changes. And make different. No. It's hard to tell the uh, sex of a younger gorilla, they said, until about age eight. No, it's not. We've never had this problem. Males and females are about the same size, and they don't have prominent sex organs. So you didn't even look when the gorilla was born. Hey, just a quick note to self with this being the problem. Develop a system where you can tell what it is right away. You know, that's not good science to go, we got to wait eight or nine years to see what this one is. No, you don't. That's just bad zooing. Jeez. As gorillas age, they become sexually uh, dimorphic, meaning males and females look very different. But, you know, for the longest time, they don't. And a lot of times you can't tell. They're about 12. Like, you are bad at your jobs. Like, scientists that's saying we're not even going to try for 12 years because, I mean, visually, what, what are the odds? We can't. It's just a guessing game for a decade. <laughs> Bulls, you blew it. <laughs> Say it like Draymond. You blew it. Now you got an extra gorilla on your hands. You're going you're gonna to raise it. You're going to have the nerve to raise your prices to feed the extra gorilla and act like you guys, you know, we've been studying these for years. No, you haven't. You've been dropping the ball for years. You don't have one system in place after a gorilla uh, gets birthed to, like, take some blood or fiddle around in the hair. When the gorilla's at its safest, I'm not going to wait 10 years and then start reaching for the genitals. I'm gonna, as, a, as a baby, I'm going to pin it to the ground, and I'm going to fiddle around. If it goes in, it's a girl. If it doesn't, it's a boy. There we go. We got it figured out. There's a picture of mom, you know, with a kid. All right? You see that? Yeah. Um, there's the... Uh Male well, now, version. Brady, according to what I just read scientifically, that doesn't happen until they're 12. So what's the point of looking? <laughs> Scientific research. You zoos, you're money machines. You're worse than the people begging for money on the side of the road. I have to have some dignity and just say, we don't know what's going on here. At least Christy from the... Jack Hanna would have had that Jack Hanna knows now. <laughs> he can't even make his own name out on a on a plastic card, and he'd tell you if it was a girl <laughs> or a boy. Dad gum old timers got me, and I could tell that was a girl. How? Well, the, the, the pregnant belly? Yeah, that'll do it. So you're telling me, scientists at the Columbus Zoo, you jackoffs can't tell if it's a girl or a boy till it's ten, but it can get pregnant. So, if you have uh, gorillas at the zoo, start cup checking. Yeah, get over there. Little tap. I believe I found some nuts here. Good science, Johnson. Good science. Yes, there's nuts on it. That's a boy, right? I'd have to uh, refer to the internet. I'm not. I don't remember. 
Terrible. Bad zooing. All those zoo shows that are on Discovery, they, well, at least they appear to do, they do yearly exams. They talk about all of them. They talk about all the research and 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 delicate, uh, to, just to keep zoos alive, to make it seem like it's not just some sort of an animal prison to take money and... But they just proved my point. For years and years, I've been saying, ah, hooey to your yeah, research. They, they get physicals every year so they can play sports. <laughs> right. Well, they'll eventually now, because they banned the trans, evidently interspecies sports is coming, too. Ridiculous. Liars. I just want a world where everybody tells the truth. That's why I admire Christy from the World Wildlife Zoo. I ask her questions. She makes up answers. <laughs> and sometimes I catch her. And she's like, I don't know. I, what am I? What am I? Scientist? I'm like, no, you're not. You're just running the business and you're doing a great job. Go see the animals. Just call it what it is. We don't know for sure. We're doing some research. We're making stories up. Remember when she tried to tell me that the sloth invented the avocado? I'm like, I got to hand it to you. That's a pretty decent line of bullshit. But Amazing fun fact. <laughs> pretty decent line of I got to tell you right now that I don't think that happened because. Their main source of food was the avocado, and she said they'd eat the pits, and that started avocado trees. And I'm like, well, by your stupid story, Christy, the f- thing was eating avocados to start avocados, so you're wrong. And she looked at me like nobody's ever questioned it. I'm like, no, because it's – they don't care. They're just Cabbage. looking at the beautiful little – you know you've got a, a distraction attached to you. They were and the early the farmers. They yeah. were spreading the seeds. Yeah, which is why Christy wears the tight shirts. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> Anything she says, guys, like, yeah, it seems reasonable. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Slot the the avocado tree. Sure, why the f*** not, man? She's gorgeous. Whatever. I just want, I want the world to be that straightforward. That is shocking, John. What? That the slot the avocado. Oh, it's, of course yeah. it's shocking, but it's a, it, look, it's what I've been saying about zoos forever. I'm fine they exist. I don't think we need as many as we do. That's for darn sure. But because we have so many, because places like Las Cruces and Flagstaff and whatever have zoos, I'm like, oh, it's a money-making business. I see. You get, like, grants and you get money. So this makes sense to me that there would be – you can't have that many zoo scientists. Every city has, like, a, a gaggle of zoologists. No, not a thing. It's a business. Call it what it is. And then I would have respected the Columbus Zoo going, we don't know. That was amazing. That boy gorilla just had a baby. <laughs> Or lean into it and just say, hey, they're so much like us. We've been telling you that since Coco. Uh, one of them switched genders. So they're going through it, too. And then just have that whole agenda go off. Doesn't identify. It doesn't identify. You know I mean? And then evidently started to take in the puberty blockers, and we couldn't tell. And then uh, got pregnant, which is uh, one step further than uh, That's the difference. We're looking for the missing link. How did it grow uh, ovaries in a place to house? <laughs> growing Usually infants. they know when they're getting it on, too. Right. Most of the time monitoring the animals. Looking. They weren't paying any attention to the gorillas. They were shoveling the sh- throwing in the hay or bamboo or bananas or whatever the hell those things eat. And they didn't care. Oh, he's eating it again. Or they just thought they were gay gorillas or something. I don't know. <laughs> Look at those homo. I know. That one's always up on top of that other one. Brenman was probably at the zoo for that one. <laughs> yeah. Typical, typical, typical. <laughs> Bunch of f- Gorillas banging into each other. You thought they like bananas in their mouths. Take a look at this garbage. What a bunch of gorilla f- deep dried by Castellanos. They don't know nothing. Go to the zoo today. I've met people who worked at the zoo. What'd you, I used to work at Bank of America. You got a job at the zoo after that? Yeah, they were hiring. And I, what do you do? I'm one of the experts in the stingray tank. 
I don't believe you can go from Bank of America to that in one step. It's not Candyland. You don't just jump ahead six. <laughs> Those are the volunteers you're They're talking just stingraying. about. stingraying. <laughs> look at them right now, swimming. Stingrays are known for swimming. Yeah, I could have told you that. I guess I could work here. It's as much an expert as that dude I went scuba diving with in Australia that just threw the tanks on him and started swimming around touching the animals. <laughs> he dusted off the bottom of the thing and looked at me, gives me a point. Uh, you can almost hear his accent with a point. Look at me, mate! <laughs> like, then he goes down and he starts scrambling around on the ground, dirt everywhere in this beautiful, pristine, clear reef, and <laughs> outrolls the teacher from Finding Nemo. And I'm like, what in the world? How did you know that was there? Points at me. All right, mate! You just see, every time his finger pointed at me, it was a screaming Australian. Couldn't hear a thing. Except for me going, Because <laughs> I'm bubbling out giggles all the time. Let me get back in the boat. How great was that, mate? Down there and found that ray? I'm like, that was pretty awesome. Did you know he lived there? They live under the sand. You just go scurrying about. Dust him up. That's all he did. He just screwed around until something he just showed up. He grabbed a turtle. And brought it to me. That turtle didn't know what was going on. Turtle thought it was the end of its life. Probably 130 years old, just turtling around. <gasps> and next thing you know, I got this Australian holding one in front of me. Look at this, mate! <laughs> it was like two seconds. The turtle was huge. It wasn't as big as the other ones that we saw from the distance. It was the only one I saw. But yeah, it was a ton of them. He's the one who warned me about that giant whale that was eating tourists and spitting them out. It's a great big whale. Got no teeth. Don't have to worry about it. Just if it goes dark... Relax. He'll spit you out. He hates the taste of rubber. <laughs> oh, so he's a hooker? <laughs> you had a German guy swimming around with us a couple months ago. Had the, had the tail. Came up, said, hey, I don't know what just happened out there, but this thing is just, it went completely dark. And I knew he was still awake. And then the next thing you know, it was propelled forward. Hundreds of feet, it felt like. And he was swallowed by one of these whales. So just keep your eyes open. It's like, wait a minute. He didn't have his eyes open. Just it, him out. It, and they just swim around with their mouths open, eat everything, pick and choose what they're going to swallow and spit out the rest. So like some bulimic beluga. It's like there's a bone, a bone in his meat. Right. He just spit you out. You were the fat on the steak. Who would eat a German anyway, right? You've seen those ladies. Gross. <laughs> German gutted rabbit. Last night was the opening of Shark Week. Yeah. And, they, you know, the whale thing, you know, when they have that frenzy, when a bloated carcass is out oh, there yeah. and the big great whites come out, they made a replica. I saw that. The part. guy gets in the belly of the replica whale with a glass bottom. Yeah. And then they spew chum out to see if they can get the big sharks in. They just started eating this fake. The shark Week's lost me once they started showing fake it's good stuff. For about fifteen minutes, and they're faking stuff now. Well, they had that movie Megalodon. They were so proud of. Yeah. And then the then they did like full shows focusing. On, and I was watching one during Shark Week a few years ago when I kind of when it jumped to the shark when these uh, hillbillies were running around brackish waters looking for this elusive shark. Yeah. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is dangerous. And they were in Louisiana. Or something, and they're way up high. Look, 150 miles north of the Gulf. There's sharks up in here, and based then, upon a, a, an attack that happened. No, right? it wasn't based on anything. It was a fake movie trying to scare people. It's like a horror film. And the next thing you know, they got a camera in the water, and one of the dudes goes in and gets eaten. And I'm like, I got fooled for the first 30 minutes that this was real, and now it's just a bad horror movie. 
And then, and then Megalodon happened, and I'm like, and then oh. they do the uh, comparison. What would happen? A giant squid versus a great white. No. Who would win? They're out of ideas. the The thing about Shark Week that used to be awesome was every year eight or nine people had on camera uh, a friend of theirs calf got eaten, not cow, but like their actual leg calf was chowed down on by like a uh, you know a little tiger shark or something by the shore that was feeding at five o'clock, and they're surfing in L.A. and <laughs> took a chunk of their leg out. Beautiful. That was the fun of Shark Week. And then you, t- you heard their stories of, like, recovery. And they they show you their leg, yeah, their ate, arm. Ate the whole calf muscle right out of it. And then they did the Bethany Hamilton hour. And which and anybody who's missing a thing, but come on. Ridiculous. This guy says, uh, my sister worked at the zoo. She wanted to because she loves animals, but she doesn't know anything. They stuck her ass on the merry-go-round, and she held the job for a month. <laughs> <laughs> this is the person I share the family business with. She had to work the merry-go-round when she wanted to work with the animals. Ah, you turn this thing on and off. Those are real mermaids. You can you can operate that. It goes in circles. And just make sure it gets some WD-40 on the pole in the middle. Gorilla, they didn't know what sex it was. And they have the nerve to tell society, oh, we haven't ever been able to tell that for about 10 years. But they can get pregnant? Oh, yeah. You guys don't know anything about gorillas, do you? They're nine or ten, their balls drop. The other, uh, yeah, we think. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. I'm not going in there. Are you going in there? Yeah, I'm not going looked. in there. We never look. A baby might fall out of one, and that's when we know it's a girl. We assume the ones that don't have babies are boys. The ones that are on top are the boys, and the ones fighting uh, tooth and nail are the girls. It's it's the it's the second best gorilla story of all time when Anderson Cooper tried to tell us that we were running out of them. I went all the way down there to the Critically Amazon, endangered. wherever he was. Oh, so there's only 100,000 left total in the world. And that number is dwindling day to day due to hunting and everything else. So he went to that village. And while CNN was there trying to make everybody give money to the gorilla fund, one of the natives went over to another hill he'd never been over. And hundreds of thousands of gorillas, they were everywhere. <laughs> like we never, it was a surplus. At that point, we're like, all right, we need hunters. We got too many gorillas. But we went from a shortage Two more gorillas than we knew what to do with. There used to be commercials on. We're running out of gorillas. We're about done with them. We don't know where they are. And then Anderson Cooper crying on TV. Two, two, three straight days. I'm down here in the lowlands, and this is it. This is this is Chi-Chi. She's the last one. And they're like, wait a second. Nope, over the hill. We got two hundred and forty thousand. We just found them from a helicopter. We can see them, but I don't know what. I don't know why we never looked there. It's called Gorilla Cove. <laughs> and they found a ton of them. You haven't, you haven't seen a commercial. Gorilla Valley. Uh, hair nor hide of any gorilla needs. They're like, gorillas are fine now. And Anderson Cooper just slunk home back to his desk at CNN and never mentioned it again. He was on 60 Minutes. He had a special three or four days out there. In the, in, while he's there, we found him. I got to go home. Should we tell people? <laughs> well, that was the thing. I, I'm surprised. But I think that guy got so loud about finding him, it made Anderson look stupid. So he just went home. <laughs> just while we were there, over the hill there, they found 300,000 gorillas. Like, that seems like a lot of them. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we blew it. He you left know, over 100 deep V-cut T-shirts <laughs> yep, for everyone. Right. <laughs> Maybe they just said, uh, just pretend to find a bunch of gorillas. This dude's weird. He keeps grabbing my butt. Yeah, it was just, it's, they don't know anything. Gorillas. But they don't even know if they're girls or boys. So next time a zoologist starts telling you facts, the best phrase to tell them is to go, you.
and then just walk away. Look, I'm here for the cotton candy and the eyeball stuff. What's that name of that bar you like over there, the food at the Wildlife Zoo? The, uh... You like that barbecue place. What was oh, it called? Dylan's? Is that what it is? No, it's got like a funny name. Didn't one of the restaurants over there have like a funny name? You were oh, the actual zoo. Name. Yeah, it's been right. It was, um... <laughs> the actual uh, zoo? What are you answering the question? Zubertos. That's There's good. Zubertos and... There's another one. What is Dylan's? Is it a place you stop by before you get to the zoo? No, that's it's on the property. Oh. Zuberto. The restaurants yeah, you can yeah. actually eat there. Exactly. It's a it's business. They've got the shark tank in there. Now, I'd like to and talk I'm to Chris. i to get in there. That's great. I'd, and I'd like you to get in there because there's no experts there. Why not? You might learn something. <laughs> we stuffed I'll a disc it. jockey. That's how I know they don't know anything about anything. It's like uh, we got some radio personality that's willing to get in. Okay. If you truly knew about sharks, you'd be like, you shouldn't do this. We're not going to allow it. It's like not worth it. <laughs> but because it's just a free-for-all with cool animals, you're going to suit up and pop into the shark tank because there's no experts. None. He's going to put this bacon suit on. <laughs> it's just to see what happens. Because we as <laughs> scientists, we have no clue what's next. Those are gorillas. What is that? Is that the male? <laughs> Guess is as good as mine. I thought you were a scientist. Come on. Come on, it's 50-50. I hate to be rude to the gorillas, but they all look alike. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at them. You tell me. Well, that one looks smaller than the other one. Could just be short. You don't know. It's just a joke. Take my money at the door. Stop saying it's for research. Give me a profit number at the end of the year, and I'll give you a thumbs up. Be a goddamn capitalist with a cool group of animals. You just got great pets, Sue. That's it. The research is invaluable. A male gorilla just had a baby at the biggest zoo in the Midwest. All right, sometimes we make mistakes. <laughs> That's a pretty big one. <laughs> Do you want to get in the shark tank? That's how you're going to fool me into thinking this is a good idea, but you guys don't know what's going on. I could run the zoo. Because I'd at least be honest. We have no idea what's going on here. We consult Google regularly to see what they eat. Uh, we try to get that shipped in, but for the most part, we just throw burger meat at the tigers and uh, assume that's good. Questions? Do you have any uh, research? Yeah, every day I'm watching them thinking, that's weird, and I write it down. But for the most part, I have no knowledge going in. Here's an incredibly beautiful woman in a tight shirt to tell you more. It's like the big short. Here's Margot Robbie in a bubble bath. Exactly. That's a, they nailed it in the big short. It's like, we know you're not going to understand this, but here's a gorgeous woman to talk to you about. It's like, yep, that'll work. Excuse me. Say? Woman with the incredibly tight shirt on. Did you say that the sloth invented the avocado? Next question, please. I just, I thought I slid that one through. You guys don't have a clue what's going on in there, do you? Not really. Brady shoving pumpkins into the mouth of a hippopotamus tells you all you need to know. I don't know how many pumpkin patches there are over there in the hippo land. <laughs> but you chucking one in its mouth was the coolest thing I've seen in a long time, and that's all that matters. So, f*** off, dude. <laughs> it eats pumpkins whole? We don't know. It seems to. <laughs> Same way a dog eats a woman's underwear. We don't know why. They just do it. Some sort of a smell, but I don't think that, you know, Charlie, the great pumpkin Charlie Brown was over there with hippos nearby as their primary food source. They just threw a pumpkin at a hippo once and it ate it. It's like, those things love pumpkin. 
My dog eats strawberries. I find that fascinating. It's not science. Just found out that Yardley likes strawberries. And because Yardley likes strawberries. Is she the only one that likes strawberries? Well, at but- first. And now Jack's like, well, if she's eating them, and he does this weird mush thing and like spits mm-hmm. them out of her. I was like, God damn it, that's gross. But then she shows interest. He's like, I'll eat it. It is funny what they'll, they'll they might go for a strawberry, but anything else, like another fruit, or you take a peach or something, up, no, won't have anything Some, with that. Like I had a dog who loved apples. Loved apples. My old Weimaraner ate grapefruit off the tree. Craziest thing I've ever seen. The grapefruit. She waited for it to get ripe. Like she wouldn't take it. Like, like I don't know when. I don't know when she was doing it, but she'd go out and ha ha. Not not ready. Like she'd squeeze at them. And then you'd look out, and she's got her hands on a grapefruit, just ripping the thing off and getting to the center. Like, she ate grapefruit. You'd find grapefruit rinds all over the backyard because she was peeling and eating our grapefruit. <laughs> Try to give. I thought dogs love grapefruit. Try to give it to another dog. They look at you like, what the f*** is wrong with you? <laughs> this sour mash in my mouth. Are you crazy? <laughs> I try to roll grapefruit for dogs. Like, I've, I've never had another dog like them. Roll grapefruit. The other dogs chase it like it's a ball, and then look at me. They smell it. Look at me like you're an asshole. It's not a ball or food. <laughs> I love that look. Yeah, you're oh, an asshole. Jack Ham has a great you're an asshole face. <laughs> I pick lemons off the tree. I'm like Jack, look, and he's like, oh, ball, because in my hands, are, I throw it, and he goes and chases, it and he smells it. He looks back at me I'm like, you know what, you f- dick. At least makes it. This is a jerk move here. I can't eat it, and I don't want to play with it because it's going to squish my mouth. I'd throw them to my Weimaraner brandy, and I'd poke holes in it, throw it way up in the air, and she couldn't wait to catch it and smash it with all her might and then juice herself. That dog's, her coat shined like you've never seen anything. That's more scientific research than what's going on at these zoos. The zoo. Not true. It's a fact. I know you don't like it, Brady, but I just proved it. The Columbus Zoo can't tell what the gorillas are and their excuses. We haven't ever known. <laughs> what? It's a big mistake. It's a massive. Their excuse is worse than the mistake, which is who knows? We've never known. You've had gorillas forever. You, you haven't come up with a system to find out what it is until it's 10? Hmm, not really. Yeah, someone's getting replaced over there. Well, that person should be replaced by me. Uh, hey, look, I'm on to you, sons of bitches. I know what the f- going on here we're a money machine and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that keep them alive keep them shiny uh, make them so they don't attack too often and we got ourselves a thriving business shouldn't we tell people it's for research only when they're dead when uh, one of the people notices that one of the gorillas is dead we say oh uh, yeah we're going to take that back and research it. no we're not we're going to cook it and we're going to serve it to you at that uh uh, whatever farm or farm to table thing they got going on. Don't Super be hypocrite. Don't change that zoo to table. <laughs> zoo to table. That's zoo to table because there's no reason to waste the meat. If you're truly an environmentalist, you find a dead gorilla, you eat it. Reason. John, I had a dog that would peel the husks off of corn. Yeah. And then gnaw. Some of them are into that. Talented. Yeah. Yeah, the zoo. Zoos are fun for what they're for. Like ladies in the 70s. You stared at them, you made noises, and you left. Nobody did any research. I find out how their hearts work. Goddamn <laughs> God Columbus Zoo, John. I know. Is it all a thing with everyone there? Yeah, it is. Just blind eye. Oh, the boy no gorilla had a baby. Uh, any questions? Because I have none. Move on. And yeah, not one of them does any research. It's where Brady was born, for God's sakes. He's the king of research in our room. No wonder he's the way he is. The, the zoo doesn't even research a birth. 
And when hit with the hard question of, you guys didn't know how to tell what their gender was? They answered back, no. <laughs> they, you didn't? Uh-uh. We didn't have that kind of curiosity. Valderie, Valdera, the money was rolling in. What did they care? As long as we're having babies. <laughs> as long as we got future zoo people. Now we got another one. Born in captivity so we can learn so much more about it. Well, I'll start with the, how it's happening. When a boy gorilla and a girl gorilla love each other very much. Now, we've already jumped past what you can figure out. Anyway, congratulations, Columbus Zoo and the ilk. Your dad was pretty much, like, in charge of stuff at the zoo. He wasn't a scientist. He was just a guy who gave some cash and got free reign. That's the way he was it was. He was on, yeah, the board of directors. But. Right. Right. And allowed to do whatever Got he wanted. Go on some trips. Drag your ass in there every couple weeks. Yeah, walking around backstage, feeding pumpkins to goddamn hippopotamuses. That isn't science. That's chance. Tells it in its mouth. If it eats it, it likes it. It's a car battery. Do it. I bet you can digest it. It's called research, son. It's uh, science. Uh, now we've got Winger coming up here at eight thirty. 820. 820. All right. Kip Winger's going to join us. Uh, so I've already got it loaded up. But let's see if we got anything else on the big board of musical treats that'll top it. Uh, probably not. You already got it loaded up. Well, so. we'll see. Because we could go with another Winger song, too. You There's know, only two that were suggested, so. There were? Which yeah. one? Which uh, one? It was that one and the one that was on the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, Battle Stations. I don't remember Whoa. that one at all. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up. Winger had a Bill and Ted song? Uh, apparently. I didn't know that at all. Oh, is it the first I, I don't, Ted? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Not that. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll look it up. Boy, the story of Winger. That Kip Winger. First thing I'm going to say to him is I'm sorry for being such a dick without realizing what I was doing. There it is. He's been through a lot. And didn't deserve any of what happened. Like, everything that happened to Winger happened to every one of the bands of the late 80s. It's not available. Bogus on. Journey, it is the second It is the second one. Oh, it's the second one, one. okay. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was two. Uh, the, uh, the things that happened to Winger, they were just the poster child for the demise of the whole thing. Like, how Nelson isn't the featured, like, you guys ruined it. Because Winger didn't ruin it yet. Those guys still do the, uh, quote-unquote, metal oh. cruises. Nelson still does stuff. Yeah. And so does Winger. But he kind of knows it, and he sings now. She's only forty-eight, which is hilarious. Right. Oh, does he? Yeah, because he's like that. He 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 makes the point to say he didn't write the line. Uh, Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. He goes the only line of that song I did not write, and it's been biting me in the ass for fifty <laughs> years. It's killing me. Here's a oh, that's a commercial for. There you go. This is Winger. Yep. Battle stage. Well, this was. I don't ever hold bands too responsible for soundtrack stuff because usually it's their it's worst garbage, song, yeah. and then they just throw it on to fill a soundtrack. Especially something as silly as Bill and Ted Bogus Adventure, which was a throwaway to begin with. What is, I don't even remember the movie, to be honest with you. What is Kip promoting? Are they coming there's to town? A, uh, no, there's a new 80s metal documentary. Oh, I watched it. That one? Yeah, that's what he's talking about? Okay. It's great. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's not great, but it's exactly It's this. a soundtrack song, like you said. And what year did that come out? Because Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was like... like 93, That was too late for that sound. 
Like this happening after grunge was instant death. 91. I was right around, so it was before grunge, but barely. They had already been getting kicked in the nuts pretty hard. Right before Unforgiven sort of ruined them in the video. It just it just put this, the exclamation point on what people were trying to do to Winger when, in the video for Unforgiven, Kip Winger's face is on the dartboard and Lars and James are throwing at him. Ended it. Yeah, we'll talk to him. His story is remarkable, and I didn't realize how devastating it is to do that to someone. <laughs> what had happened to him? His story is amazing. All right, we'll do that. Uh, yeah, the, the wake-up. Did you who was brought to you by and all that? No, you cut Okay, me go off. ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> brought to you by uh, this this winger song, brought to you yes. by Action Ride Shop. Uh, Josh and the boys are going to take care of you. Maybe get that bike all dialed in while it's a million degrees out. So yeah. now's the time to get everything all serviced. And if you're in the market for a new bike, now's the time to check it out. Go to actionrideshop.com or just go to visit them at the store over there on Gilbert Road and Southern. Yeah. Done. Now, do we do uh, Madeline? You already have a load of Do we play? do uh, Headed for a Ha Ha Ha? No. No. <laughs> yes. Although somebody <laughs> suggested uh, Sink the Pink from ACDC for all them Barbie pigs this oh, weekend. Oh, there's that. Damn it. That's pretty good. Maybe Sink the Pink is better for now. And then we bring up a little Madeline or uh, She's Only 17. We could do the very inappropriate She's Only 17 as a lead in to Kip. There you go. How about that? So we'll kill the winger now, and we'll throw a little sink the pink. Because that is, sink the pink is a necessity. After what I saw this weekend, it is. Somebody got to say something. You got to remember Pink is not good for everyone. I don't think most of you guys should be uh, very aware of what the pink is doing to you. What can pink do for you? Uh, Evidently, point out all of your flaws. It's not a good look for 95% of you. There's a run on the um, stretch pants at uh, Athleta. Ronnie had to work there on Friday. It's like, oh. it's just, they're out. The pink? Yeah. Yeah, people were. And uh, hopefully the Athleta had a, didn't order as many double XLs of those pants as we'd thought. But I saw all of them go out. They were sold. <laughs> Internet buys for double XL pink leggings were pretty everywhere. You got it? Yeah. All right. Sink the Pink by ACDC for all you Barbie. Oh, man. Is it ready? Yeah, here, I'll just. All right. Yeah, get it. Oh, I got to kill Winger. Sorry about that. There we go. Don't say that. We're having him on it. The Battle Station song. Don't kill Winger. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. UPD. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Rock! There you go. Uh, remember Disturbed Concert Psyching Rock? And then Saturday, and then none. Too hot for electronics. Nuh-uh. We'll, get, we'll figure it out. We'll try to get to the bottom of this. I don't know if we'll ever get an answer that we're satisfied with, but that's not a proper... Dreaming, no. And we'll ask Kip Winger later, hey, is there any possibility that this is true? He might say yes. He might. He doesn't He'll want probably to. see why yet, you know. He, yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. I, I wasn't he might there. have a Dave yeah. Draymond dartboard. <laughs> it could be. It could be. We'll see. Somebody just emailed and said, you need to Johnny Midnight and he asked Kip Winger. 
Absolutely not. The man is on a redemption tour and deserves it. You hear his story, you're like, wow, we were all dicks. You don't have to like his music, but you have to realize what the hell happened to the guy. It's, uh, it's all about the, this documentary that's on Paramount Plus right now, which is actually really good if you are a fan of music and especially that craze that happened from 1983 to 1991 known as metal and hair glam band stuff. It just, huh? It is a complete goof on music for nine years, and then it goes away. As fast as it showed up, seemingly it ended. And you watch it, and you sit back, and you're like, man, we're all up in arms about cross-dressing and weird stuff today, about androgyny and gender-bending and what our kids are watching. And then you watch all these interviews with the people in charge back then, like Tipper Gore. It's like, this is what our kids are watching. This odd gender bending. This is what they're teaching them. We've always been worried about the same things over and over and over again. This is different, though. It, it was, really, it's not. It's just new differences. Yeah, and it's the same thing. Just a handful of kids would, you know what? I want that look. Oh, high tons of them. We had a lot. We had a lot of them. But, it, you know, did it make them... I like a few of them probably were pariahs to society no matter what. If you're that suggestible that TV tells you like to change your entire personality. I always worried about people who got into country music and started to wear the costume. I'm like, ooh, how fragile was your personality that a couple days ago we're hanging out and you're in a T-shirt and jeans and now you've got arrows on your pockets and you're in a weird giant hat. Like, you're, <laughs> what are you doing? I like Garth Brooks now. Oh, and Garth Brooks made you a different human being how did that happen i was always weird about that when i watched somebody transform into a character but we all do that through our teen years it's just whether you carry it along i see an adult dressed up as a kid sometimes my dad i don't know what happened to him there he was a normal guy and then suddenly it was a cowboy like dressing up as a cowboy i'm like oh he's got a party to go to or something like, no what's with the get up that's how i dress now we're going to go to the hospital real quick. You all right? What are you talking about? It's what you wear when you're out on the ranch. I'm on the ranch. I'm wearing what I had on and nothing's different. You're one of the village people? Yeah. 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 What, what happened to you? Why is it that when you're on the ranch, you got to dress like this? It's just the way it works. Oh. Okay. I suppose. I mean, I guess if I was walking on a baseball field, it really wouldn't count no if I wasn't in uniform. So. Yeah, you're working on the farm. You, you're changes up a little bit i guess there's certain pants that work better than he other. wasn't working brady he was just there i thought he works the farm a little bit i was there we were there for dinner he was done working if he was working at all by the way it was cave creek it wasn't like uh that was his yellowstone in cave creek yeah well he was going through a thing and it started to change his personality and he started wearing costumes it's weird. Am I looking like Howdy Doody? Yeah, my stuff? buddy Kurt. My buddy Kurt was all about normal and then showed up at a party once. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're in like a getup. I've been listening to a lot of country music lately. And the hat? You went and bought the hat? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like in the 80s when Urban Cowboy, that whole thing oh. happened. Well, I get fashion. Like when fashion happens and people are like, oh, this is in now. I don't really get the cowboy hat. Right. Like for a regular person. But when you start like dressing up. It's just weird. You start wearing a costume of something you like. It's like, I love I love the Steelers. I don't put the full uniform on. I don't walk around full. Hey, you're just a big fan of the Steelers. Like, you need the pants and the pads? Big fan. 
You were if you're a fan. I guess. I guess I'd be a nutball. You got the jersey. Be you a might lunatic. get the pants. I'd be a lunatic. <laughs> you should start doing we're that still, on Sunday. I'm such a fan, I dress like their mascot, Steely McBean. If I was a big fan of uh, welding, and there was welding music that happened to go with it, like industrial music is sort of welding music. I wouldn't wear that. I wouldn't wear the the mask out to, like, Dobird. Put on a welder's apron? Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't wear all that. Like, I love the Steelers, but I'm not going to wear, like, a smelting outfit and then go to dinner. It's a strange thing. If it was in fashion, you would. No, I wouldn't. Because I don't. if it's in fashion, something's wrong with fashion. We're all smelting. But if music told me, hey, where it's at is welding masks? No. I like your music, but I'm not going to wear the costume. Strange. It's interesting. Uh, it is time now for Brady. And anything that ruins country music, I'm fine with. Uh, Brady to give us all the news that only Brady knows. We call this the Brady Report. And it's brought to you by our friends over at Hooters. Uh, usually, oh, is that the wrong day? It sure is. So if you got a case of the Mondays, uh, want to have a crazy good time, make your plans now for the first annual Hooters Golf Tournament. we got a golf tournament, too, but they're doing uh, their own thing uh, to benefit the Joy Bus Diner. It happens on September 30th at the Legacy Golf Club, and tickets go on sale this week. Visit HootersArizona.com for all the details. I think that's the one. I think they have a thing that uh, tries to cure Alzheimer's. I think that's uh, one of their big, uh, one of their beers. Some of the money goes directly to that. That may be that. Otherwise, it could be something else. They're doing good things at Hooters. Joy Bus is a four-piece thing. So who knows what they're raising it for, but good on you, Hooters. Nice job, and anytime we can help out, we will. They've got a golf tournament, too. Probably a more reasonable one than our heat stroke open, one that uh, happens in the morning or in a decent time of year. Not us. And stay tuned for that because the info on that's coming up. Hooters gives you this Brady Report. Brady Report. Good Monday morning to you, Phoenix. Hello, world. Hi. Happy National Tequila Day. All right. Popular drink. Very. They're running out of it. Can't grow the uh, plants fast enough for the demand. Trip's happy about this one. Well, anybody, today. I start. Oh, he'll be. Yeah. Trip's not coming to work. <laughs> Trip likes tequila. A couple of basis fun facts. Twix, the candy bar. Twix is short for twin sticks. Oh. <laughs> twin sticks? <laughs> I'm not eating a twin sticks. <laughs> twin sticks? Twin sticks. I heard you. Twin sticks. What's wrong with you? Twins, dicks. <laughs> the only person after the founding fathers who authored two constitutional amendments was a senator from Indiana named Birch Bay. Cool. Birch is a name that should come back. He authored the 25th Amendment, 1963, which created the line of presidential succession. And then he did the 26th in 1971, which lowered the voting age to 18. What did we do before? Just draw out of a hat? That's before he knew Kamala was going to be a oh, vice president. Yeah. He's like, oops, sorry, yeah, guys. Women as VPs? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Take the nearest bus driver and make him president. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I wonder what they did because vice presidents before just became uh, president. Uh, the, when the president dies, another yeah. man takes it over. Yeah, but that it was always the vice dies, president. Then another man. Then if that man right. dies, a horse and then <laughs> right, a cockroach yeah. and right. then a woman. That's right. You like, never, ever get that quickly to women back then. <laughs> They were never even on the list. We probably had, uh, of course, we couldn't tell if they were a man or a, a girl anyway, but a gorilla was probably on the list before a woman. <laughs> I think we might have done this one before, but um, the trend of men leaving the bottom button 
of their suit unbuttoned started in the early 1900s. Yep. When King Edward VII of England was too chubby to button the bottom of his jacket, it started the fashion trend. He could button the middle one, but not the bottom one? Yeah. The bottom one's usually easier for a fat. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah. But, If you're uh, right now searching for uh, air conditioning and heat stroke, join the club. It's the highest all-time searches on Google right no now, kidding. heat stroke and air conditioning. If you're searching heat stroke, <laughs> just go to the doctor. If you're thinking, I'm I just having woke a up. heat stroke. I mean, I fell down. I passed out. I just woke <laughs> up. I'm not sweating. I can't remember my dad's name. Maybe I should just Google this. Nope. Head on down to the hospital. How long does heat exhaustion last? What is heat stroke? These are all the questions. Sometimes forever. Yeah, if you think you're having a heat stroke, uh, don't risk it with a Google analysis. There's a term that is uh, picking up more, more momentum, and it's gone. It's gone big time now. Um, we've heard of ghosting and dating. Sure. And then there's gaslighting. They've comboed them up to ghost lighting. Wow. How do you do that when you're not talking to somebody? Basically, it's when you ghost someone, they break off communication, then they confront you about it. So you gaslight them and claim you've just been too really busy. Oh. Yeah, and gaslighting is also going around. There's a lot you were doing. Uh, several cities in Europe are doing a DNA tracking of dog poop. So they can dole out fines to people who don't pick up their dog poop. Um, Their DNA in your dog crap? Yeah, and what they do is that you have to register your dog. (laughs) (laughs) No. So they swab the dog, get the dog's DNA. Wow. And if you don't have your dog registered, it's a $40 fine. So you're getting hit either way. Clean up your poop. I'm with them. If your poop gets DNA identified... And you didn't pick it up, it's a $135 ticket. You want to know one of the most unbelievable, uh, mm-hmm. great citizen moments, awesome neighbor moments I've ever had in my life was? My dog, Dutchie, uh, was an uh, old English sheepdog and maybe the, my favorite animal that's ever walked this planet. And that says a lot because I've had some great dogs. Dutchie was a special one. And I'd take Dutchie for walks and I was like, go poop, Dutch, go poop. And then she'd look at me in the yard like, I'm good. Like, I go poop, and we'd walk her. I'm like, all right. And then we'd go for the walk. Like, not 20 feet into the walk, she'd just look at me and squat and start dumping. Well, one day she did it in someone's front yard, and the guy was standing out there, and I forgot bags. And I looked at him. He goes, you need me to get a bag? And I'm like, mm, that's okay. And I just took both my feet, and I stood in it. And I picked it up off his lawn, and I walked with it on my shoes. What? Yeah, that's right. Oh, you put your feet underneath her? I pushed it shoes? into my shoes. No. Oh, After oh, she oh. pooped, I squished it into my shoes so it wasn't in his yard anymore. Kind of smashed it up with my feet and rubbed it, got it out of his grass and stomped it. That was the way I picked it up because I punished myself for not bringing bags. And that's what you should do. I've had to go actually go back after a walk and that go get home again. Bag and no then, one ever you know. believes you're going to come back. I did, though. <laughs> I know. But that's the Nobody if, does. If there's a dude in the yard staring at you, you're like, I got it. Don't worry. I didn't want to, like, if I were to go, I'm going to go home real quick. It just looks like I'm leaving poop in the guy's yard. So I kicked it off the grass, and I stepped on it on the dirt berm, just looking at him. And the guy probably thinks I'm insane. He's still my neighbor. Could have just taken the bag. <laughs> Could have just taken the bag off. I'm like, no, I'm punishing myself. God damn it. Now, it wasn't smart, but it was really kind. This 24-year-old dude in Pennsylvania named DeQuay Jackson ordered three cakes from a grocery store with photos of himself printed on them. 
Then he went through the self-checkout, did not pay for the cakes. (laughs) Bought some candles, a couple canned items, some cupcakes. Paid $12.99, but he didn't scan the cakes. What do you think the canned items were? (laughs) (laughs) He's going to say cold 45. (laughs) The cakes were worth $90 total. Police are still looking for him, but it's only a matter of time. They ID'd him based on the security footage and the photos that were submitted for the cakes. Um, the Quay has a criminal record, too. Two years ago, oh, stop it. he was caught stealing $1,000 worth of uh, Yankee candles from CVS. That wasn't what I was going to guess. Me neither. Uh, no way would I have guessed that. There's the video surveillance. I lost uh, the fan duel on that shot one. Of the, this the dude needs to be in a mental asylum just on sight. That's the goofiest looking face I've ever seen. On a cake? I wouldn't even come oh. close to that. You want to eat that cake? It's like special needs C yeah. from a Bronx tale. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Oh, my God. <laughs> special my needs Cologimo. Wow. You're my son. I don't want you taking those. Wa- Your face is really, really, really <laughs> up, kid. Hey, Dad, I just made cakes with my face on it. You think that looks edible? Do you think that's a good idea, see? Nobody around here does. Katie Taylor is uh, 52 years old, and she's from um, the UK. She's an artist, um, and just she was diagnosed with type two diabetes um, in 2004. She lost over 84 pounds, and by losing that much weight, she ended up having some uh, folds get removed. Right. She got a fat apron removed. Sure, being an artist. She decided, you know what? Maybe I can tan the fat apron. Oh, how, did the, how do you do this, though? Because I've asked my doctor for my bones and for stuff they've taken out of me, and they're like, no, I can't do that. That's like, you can't do that. And they, but fat took people. her skin. It even shows her cesarean section. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yep. It shows. Uh, oh, God. How did they get that? I thought that was like hazardous materials and oh, stuff. You're not allowed hey. to have your own chunks. She is a chunk. Well, she was a chunk. Yeah. Now she just keeps her old skin around. Thanks a lot, Jim Gum. Yuck. Put some lotion on it. Keep it fresh. Yeah, I was. I haven't been allowed to own any of the things taken off of my body. I've asked every time. Can I have my bone? No. Why? We have to get rid of it. What do you think? I'm going to clone my... Well, you might be right. Can't you just sign a release? Yeah, can't there be Mine. paperwork that says if I do anything stupid with this bone, yeah. it's my. it's on me? Never been allowed to have my stuff back. Lebanon's northern city, Tripoli, got a little surprise uh, when this dog showed up with a newborn baby. The mother of the baby, they haven't been able to track her down, but left the baby there to be eaten by wild animals. Whoa. And this dog came brings up with a it to dog, the people. brings it to the people to rescue the baby. Wow. No kidding. Dogs are awesome. Man. The baby showed up with some bruises, some scratches. There's a oh, they played with it first. Yeah, <laughs> tossed it up. Yeah, I mean it was until they got they got bored. They just brought you the baby to throw again. <laughs> Here you go. Just happened to be a lucky. Yeah, will you toss it again? Will you throw this for me, please. We've been having a blast with this thing. <laughs> it is mine. Oh crap, we're lo- she took our ball. Oh jeez, yeah, it is bruised up. Well, it's been raised by wolves. <laughs> this is pretty amazing. That's how uh, Toledo got found, by the way. His dad was chucking him around for a dogs. <laughs> ah, damn it. I knew we shouldn't have taken him there. <laughs> Took him to the mom's house. Doctors in Israel completed an 
incredibly rare skull reattachment from a boy, 12-year-old boy who was hit by a car. He's riding his bike. And his skull fell off? Internal decapitation. Oh, that's, oh. A, that's a full head replacement. Yikes. Uh, basically, the nerves are crushed. They... They were oh. able to reattach everything. Right, you got the video of this? No. Okay. <laughs> G- give Crandall a few days. He'll get it for oh. me. They put it together. Doctor stated the boy's head was almost completely detached from the base of its neck. Hours of surgeries were needed. Is he moving? Yep. Really? Take that, quadriplegics. We can fix the upper spine now? Uh, you know, evidently they would wow. be able That's to get crazy. in there and... And then I saw this over the weekend, this uh, fitness influencer from Bali. His name's Justin Vicky. Um, he died in, an accident in the gym. He posts stuff working out. He's doing a 450-pound squat. Oh, has the bar on the back of his neck. Goes forward. It basically snapped his neck. Oh, man. And uh, no reattaching. Died. Right. No, he's done. Yeah. Time. Okay, yeah, we got to hurry up because the kip. I kind of tune out as soon as I hear the word influencer. I'm like, yeah, I, me who too. cares? Yeah, I'm the same. Exactly. I, you know what? Nothing. Yeah, I don't have any empathy or heart for somebody who dies being I don't give him any credibility. No. no. Like, all right. Brady's got one decent video that I like. <laughs> all right. Let's wow. take a look at the one decent <laughs> video according to Judgmental. the Toledo. Well, you know what? Thank you, Richard, <laughs> because that's usually the number I end up saying. Well, there was only one of Brady's I liked. So, all right. Here You'll we like go. You'll like this one what especially. What is just. that? A dog rescue. It's are, pretty amazing. Where are we? We've got a the... black lab, uh, whitewater rafting. Yeah, no, just, just, just watch, it, the watch it for a second. Okay. He's... Oh, my God. Yeah, he's... Another dog did it? Oh, that's awesome. Grab Another dog stick. grabbed the stick of the black lab that was... You know what he wasn't trying to save? He, he wanted the he, he wanted the toy, he did, but he ended up saving it. One dog was Look at going. The dog was on his back going yeah. down the rapids. And the... Look at him. I got you. The dog that was in peril <laughs> was going after the stick too. Right. That's remarkable, but their intentions were not as we no, thought. It's still. We're putting cool. a little Disney that on my that. That's my stick, dickhead. Because cool. it flows down another ten feet. He's in yeah, calm yeah. water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn black dogs always stealing my toys. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious because we all were like, look, they care about each other. Nah, yep. you know, if, if the black dog would have dropped the stick, that uh, Golden would have run away going, I got the stick. And now there's no competition. All right, Brett, hurry. All right, we'll roll through it. Give me a good here. one. Just need one. Just quick one. Yeah, one. Yeah, we got to give me the That's best one today. Give you the best one. Save for tomorrow. All right, What's fine. that? That lady's boobs are too Brett's far apart. Vacation. And it's got a crank. Yeah. And it's got a huge penis. <laughs> good picture to start right, with. We'll just start with this one. Right, here we go. Wait for the bus. Standing on the sidewalk, waiting for the bus. There's the bus. And there's a guy just running towards the bus. People getting off the bus. Lady in a big orange what is dress. Going on? And uh, she's just waiting and waiting. Yeah. And now. Oh, oh God, no, God, oh, God, just oh, 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 crushing. <laughs> Where did he come from? He just, he just fell came down. walking up here. And his head Whoa. goes under the tire what? of the bus. He didn't get off the bus? I don't know where he comes from. He just shows up. Oh, he just falls down. And oh, Head gets popped like the pumpkin in that hippo's mouth in Brady Zoo videos. Oh. And then just parks on it, Phil Leotardo style. Wow. Sopranos people uh, know what that is. Wow. Whew. Skull crusher. That'll get you going. Damn, Kip, cutting my videos <laughs> off. Right, we'll get you tomorrow. You're good. Mm. You're going to be here every day, Brett. <laughs> uh, it is uh, just about that time. We'll talk to Kip Winger. He's uh, here to promote 
Uh, it's called I Want to Rock on Paramount Plus, and it's a three episode uh, kind of documentary. It has a, it's got a lot of info in it. Dave uh, Snake Sabo Sabo from uh, uh, Skid Rose in it. The lead singer is Vixen. Paid? It's not. Oh yeah, he's he getting paid. Money. And then you, you, it, 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 it's so well done. You walk away going, man, it, like every one of these people, like has a story. Uh, Karabi's in it. Karabi. Uh, John Karabi's in it, and he's got great like all of it. It's just such a great, deep, meaningful story to glam and hair metal. That we don't give it credit for. And Kip Winger is remarkable. And so we're going to talk to Kip uh, in a little bit. It's about the, it's about this documentary and his life and everything that's going on. We'll talk to Kip Winger next. It's 98 KUPD. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. KUPD. Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. This is an honor to me. I like this idea as that uh, a fan of, as a kid growing up in the 80s, this is part of me. Uh, 80s and early 90s. This 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 guy accidentally, for good and bad, is a part of me. And uh, that's not necessarily a great thing for him. But uh, Kip Winger is on the phone right now. And uh, Mr. Winger, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing? Doing quite well, uh, sir. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost, I have to say this. Now, here's here's what you need to know about me. Uh, when I was 17, you were singing about that girl who was 17. So that's my age, Brad. That's like, that's how it was. You, you were, you were the one stealing the 17 year old girl from me. So how old are you now? Because I'm always singing like, she's only 52. Yeah, I'm 51. I'm 51. So the girl that I was eyeballing and I, we like, I was looking at your beautiful ass on TV talking about all the girls you were going to take from me. I had no chance. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully you got. Yeah, and I didn't. Well, it's a different. <laughs> this is not. Kip, don't interview me about that. We'll be here all day. <laughs> uh, anyway, I want to say something to you that's weird, and I think people will. Uh, I think this. The, the and I know you know this because I've watched the documentary. The stigma attached to that time period of music, and then you, kind of uh, conversely, is so unfair. And I played a major part of it. So let me start this whole thing by saying I'm sorry. No, I apology accepted. Yeah, I mean, you went through watching this documentary and the things you went through, and you come across as such an endearing human being. And it, and then when you're 19 and you're trying to figure out if you're a badass or not through the music you listen to and stuff, and when when the baddest asses of all are making fun of a guy who's a, a brilliant musician, you you fall into that category. And I think I fell into that. How do you like because you guys, you and Red Beach and, and Morgan Stern, you guys were amazing musicians that kind of became the face of why the glam thing died. How did like what did what went through your brain as that was going on? Were you cognizant of your position? Well, first of all, I would like to thank you for being so articulate about exactly how it went. Um, it was it was really and it was it was the irony of my life because I've made my point was to study music and be a good musician and so to to be in the position of being the laughing stock of the music business was was it was a heart wrenching uh, awful irony um, but I don't having said that I mean there's only certain things you can control in life and I knew that the only thing I could control was the music that I wrote and so. I knew I had to reinvent myself and it was, and it was genuine because I always wanted to, 
you know, conquer my ability to write classical music. And um, so, you know, I, you're, you're doing that. that you're, was, you're writing for like classical music. That's that isn't like a joke. It's being played in, in very prestigious areas. Yeah, I was just saying I earlier I got a performance in Berlin just recently in September with uh, one of my pieces next to Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. So that was quite the compliment. Wow. Wow. Um, and now here's the other thing, Kip Winger. I don't know that you know this. Are you a sports fan? I, you know what? I gave up on, on football when, when John Elway lost the uh, Super Bowl back. It must have been in the 70s. And I it, just never looked back. In the 80s. Yeah. Don't hate no, but you're a Bronco fan, so you've never liked sports. I'll move on from that. But I, I was, I marveled at the, uh, at the documentary, how much you sound like announcer Joe Buck. And it's even more so on the phone. So it's throwing me off. I almost asked you baseball questions. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Uh, but, uh, as I watched that, I kind of, you seem to be the reluctant rock star, rock star. Like back in the eighties when Winger was the thing, like you go into your, your entire process of music. And then it seemed like you wanted the rock life, but you were, how much of Kip Winger was you and how much was manufactured? Well, that's interesting because I'm, I've come more from the theater. Like um, I, I grew up in a band with my two brothers. I was on stage since I was eight and I, and I totally, you know, I loved David Lee Roth and Paul Stanley. I was like, yeah, I want to be like them. But I was also, I'm way more driven by how does this chord work, you know, and how does, what melody and counterpoint. And so, uh, and I'm very, and I'm quite shy in, in real life, you know. So, uh, I, reluctant rock star is a great way to put it. I, I never believed that I was really a rock star, so to speak. Cause for me, real rock stars were, you know, Mick Jagger. Yeah. And, um, and so I was kind of like, okay, I'm in this thing and it's cool. And I got a lot of recognition when we were big and stuff. But, but the main point was like, when I'm on my deathbed, what is the music that I want to look back and see what I've left? So that's kind of always been my approach. So, but it wasn't fake. I mean, uh, it was, yeah, I've, I'm very comfortable on stage because I've been on stage since I was eight, eight years old and I do dig the showbiz aspect of it. And I'm quite, you know, I like, I talked to Steve Vai about this. He's the same. He's a extremely literate musician, but he's also somewhat of a ham when he gets on stage. So those two things can live, you know, in, 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 in they can coexist. Um, as, as I get older, I'm more and more wanting to really focus just more and more on composing. I like playing with my band only because I love their, those guys as people and have such a great respect for them as musicians. Yeah. I kind of, I like, uh, Nickelback has sort of this, a similar lifestyle that you've got, except for they seem to just trudge through and they're, you know, the music that they had didn't just abruptly end the way that glam music did. But uh, do you see a similarity right. in like today's music with some of that? Like what, the, the way, are you more aware and maybe more sensitive to the idea of like, Oh God, these guys are going through it. Yeah, and I think Nickelback makes great records. They do. Man. I think they sound, they're really, really good sounding records, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I feel for those guys. I mean, although they really, they got paid, you know, we never really got paid. <laughs> yeah, so screw Nickelback. <laughs> I, no, wait a minute. You're, Kip, you're right. Screw Nickelback. Yeah. They, they sell out. But no, no. <laughs> I, I, don't believe, I don't believe they deserve to be to, to the, the haters. I mean, I don't believe they deserve it because they make, 
they write great songs and their music they, they make great sounding records yeah now uh, i had understood and i don't know if this is true or not and a lot of what made you the poster boy of of kind of the crap was the metallica video and they and they talk about that a little in the documentary on paramount plus which is called that one a rock and it's fascinating for people my age who are into that um, is that uh, your face was on their dartboard in the was it the Unforgiven video? Uh, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters, right? And that, that, but I had heard that years later, and I don't know, you can clear this up. That uh, James Hetfield apologized to you a couple of years ago. He gave me a call. Very classy dude, and uh, yeah. That that did happen. How did that? Yeah, now, I did you did it. you have a relationship with the guys from Metallica based on it? Because that had to piss you off. I didn't know them at all. Um, I, as a matter of fact, ironically, I called my drummer when the Black album came out, and I said, "Man, listen to the way they did the drums on this," because I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I thought his choices for drumming on that album in particular, and the way the drums sounded, the production was really awesome, and I was giving him a compliment, and then, like, the next day, I find out they're throwing darts at my post. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and what was, your, what was your reaction at the time when you – because in the documentary, there's a very specific way you you are kind of aware that something's up, but uh, and I won't spill that. But, the uh, like, what was your reaction when you're like – when you saw it? Oh, it was very disheartening, man. You know, it was like, oh, great. The, you know, the, one of the biggest bands in the world is telling their audience to think to 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 believe that I suck. Yeah, it's 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 a it was a and the Beavis and Butthead thing with with Winger on yeah. Stewart's T-shirt. It was public stoning to death. I mean, complete public stoning to death. Everywhere I went, including Europe and everything, it it, it was I would even if I did an interview, they were laughing at me. You yeah. know, so Ugh. it was it was. It was really intense, um, and like I say, a huge irony given the fact that I, my biggest mission in life is to understand how to write music. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so. It, and how much of this is catharsis now? Like watching you in the documentary, this interview today, it's it's got to just be like I gotta I gotta walk through this again. But it's almost redemption. I, watching that, I, I you made me feel. Like I'd done something wrong, but you didn't blame me. Like you're you're still really classy about it, but it does make you think. Like why why do we do that? Uh, you know what? It's funny because we're all just human beings. You know, stuff happens, and it it it's really just a matter of of how of if having the ability to see all the perspectives really is is what it is. I mean, uh, and I and I just feel like I. Whether I like it or not, I ended up on that end of the deal, you know. Um, and going back to the thing about what I can control, I couldn't control that. So the only thing I could control is how to how to rebound from it. And when you say, uh, you know, the the thing that's really cathartic is is going through the process of the music that I write and getting recognition for it. And and it's funny that in addition to what you're saying. Back then, when it happened, I, my mantra was like, "I can't let it end this way, man." You know, I just yeah. can't. You know, so rolled up my sleeves and. Uh, you know, did you uh, recognize the end, Kip? Did you know, Jesus, this is it? Oh come on, dude! My my wife, who had passed away before that, was was she'd go into a blockbuster video and get be laughed at by people oh. just wearing a winger jacket. Wow. You know, it was it was it was. It was really intense, um, and you know, I tried to shop 
a record deal for my solo thing after the after Winger disbanded. I mean, there was just no shot. You know, it was just like you are gone. You know. That is insane. And and here you are, you know, a, a, a great lesson in, uh, you know, walking through fire. And uh, and I think a lot can be learned from your attitude towards it all. You're, you don't seem bad did you or, or mad. Did you go through a bitterness period like that was like people just couldn't tolerate to Kip? Yeah, you had to be hard to deal with for a while. Sure. Yeah, no, I went through all the same human reactions that everybody would. Yeah. You know, it was shock and and trauma and and anger and all of it, all of it you know sadness uh because there is a there is a thing you know my band if we had come out a few years earlier who knows what could have happened for us we you know we never even had a chance to do like big production and all that kind of stuff and and we would have we would have done really well with that that whole thing but i never got a chance to do that so um it just kind of is an is what it is scenario and um i'm really lucky to have gotten the opportunities i'm getting now especially with my classical stuff and we're out playing shows i got all original guys in my band we've always been friends we've always kind of taken uh had a decent sense of humor about it somewhat self-deprecating about it and um for example that's why we call our third album pull is because as as a skeet shooting reference when people you know shoot this <laughs> could fire your record into the sky and shoot it. See now this is this is where the Kip Winger thing and it's thirty years too late is just uh, like it makes me feel bad that I was the dick who played along with this game. Well, you know what. I absolve you of your sins, and it's all good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank- now, I, am still, Kip. I will say this, Kip Winger. I'm still a little angry that you guys put Purple Haze on that album, because as much as I tried to like you, that one made me upset. A lot of people didn't dig that, man. You know, and the, the way that happened was we, were, we needed another tune, and we were on a time thing. And I was down in New York, and I was taking a taxi from uh, Lower Manhattan up to the studio at 62nd Street, and I heard it on the radio, and I thought, this would make a great cover. And so we went in that day and kind of did a, like, what I heard that as is like a white snake, da 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 you know? Yeah. And we just kind of knocked it out that day, and it just kind of stuck, and I don't disagree with you. I mean, I, it would have been better if I had written a great tune for my record, but I was under a time limitation and I need to pull a rabbit out of my hat. And, you know, that's how it went. And that was it. Now, uh, now you said in the documentary, I, I was fascinated by this whole thing, that you did not, the one line of she's only 17 <laughs> that you didn't write is uh, daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me, which is the one that made me feel like, God damn it. He's, uh, he's going to get three years out of this. And he's going to start looking crazy. If he sings that song, you, who wrote that? If you didn't. The producer, Bo Hill wrote that, wrote that line. I had something else in there and he goes, Hey man, I think you should sing this. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll sing it. You know, whatever. I was trying to, trying to be a team player. <laughs> and, and now on stage, and you're—I'm not sure how old you are. That's a very awkward thing. Well, it is, and it isn't. I mean, McCartney's singing. Well, she was just seventeen. <laughs> yeah, but he's got—he's—he uh, could have dementia at this point. We're not sure he knows he's doing it. Uh, but yeah, that's an age thing. You can make fun of that. But man, oh man, that yeah, because that's yeah. a tough one. Because Kiss still does, you know, Christine sixteen. I don't and, think they do that. I hope not. Boy, oh boy. 
But does that did that cross your mind? Yeah. What, say what? I said, did that did that cross your mind when you guys were writing that? I was like, well, this one's maybe we shouldn't do this. So the thing was, is I was from Colorado and the legal age was uh, sixteen, so I didn't even get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been okay for years. Now we will. I will. I want to get this uh, through. Like you, uh, this is weird to say out loud, but uh, you were so pretty. How much do you think that the the target on your back was jealousy because you were definitely beautiful, gorgeous? Yeah. Uh, look, I look at pictures. I, I look at some of my stuff back then, and I, I can see why people thought that. I mean, I I, I talked to Steve Vai about this. He's great about it because he's a consummate musician, super literate. But he also he he is a self admitted ham, mm-hmm. and he loves to dress up in in kooky clothes and stuff and just do the theater thing. And that's what I was doing. It was because, you know, I had also studied ballet. I was in some musicals in 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 high school and college and stuff. And I just, you know, it was really more of a theatrical element because I was a Kiss fan. Yeah. And, you know, put on the makeup and go out and do the thing. And and, and so I, 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 quote, made the best of what I had. And I was just a young punk. I was just looking at MTV going, well, Bon Jovi's doing it. Brett Michaels is doing it. I'm not doing anything different than them. I'm actually doing it a little less in way. I don't cake on the makeup and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, it, I like I was just following suit. If anything, what that I would critically charge myself with would be, you know, too much following and not not sit, having to think on, wait a minute, my band doesn't need to do this because we're great musicians. Let's just wear blue jeans. And, you know, proceed from there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, guilty is charged. But, you know, I mean, I, it is what it's another is what it is. I yeah. mean, I can't change it. I so. have to tell you, uh, Kip Winger, that's a little catty because in a weird way, uh, that's what a girl would say when she knew she's prettier about another girl. It's like, I didn't wear as much makeup as Brett Michaels. I mean, <laughs> it was an, I, well, I was the all natural uh, version. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't consider myself better looking than Brett Michaels or Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi still... That guy looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's very know, pretty. He was, <laughs> it is a pretty yeah. thing. Now, if you, the last thing I want to ask you, because I, I, I love this uh, this documentary as a, a person in, in my age group who grew up with this music. Uh, as silly and as weird as that little nine-year time crunch was, it seems to have some resonance and hold because a lot of the great songs that come out of there, hang on. Enough, let's just say, hypothetically, you can go back and talk to Kip Winger in 1987 and not change anything that happened but give him some advice what would it be oh uh get find a good t-shirt designer <laughs> make the t-shirts better that's it that would be the only thing you go like we can't change anything you're you're in for hell for a few years but just know this if the t-shirts are different you might be different I'm kidding, but I mean, dude, I don't, I don't even, I, I can't even imagine. I, I, I would have liked to have had a, a, a really good manager because we were somewhat self-managed, and 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 you just can't navigate the, that kind of success on your own. You just can't. You need somebody that can really see the forest for the trees. And I, I mean, I just couldn't do it back then. You know, I did my best, but. Uh, you know, that's probably what I would say. Get, go, go find yourself a whoop ass manager. Yeah. 
and navigate this stream with a little help. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it, you're just such an endearing, nice person, and I feel I feel like uh, you know uh, it's great that this is happening. Uh, too little, too late for whatever reason. But for for all the things that happen to you, it seems as if you're where you need to be. And are, are you comfortable with that? Absolutely, I'm totally, one hundred percent. I'm very. I, I'm excited about what I'm doing, and I'm I'm having success in the in the in the sectors of the music business that I'm really uh, grateful for, and and on a, on a very high level, and I'm uh, being accepted in the classical music world, you know, more than I could have ever, way beyond my wildest dreams. You what know, if, what so. if, hey Kip, what if and they it, turn on you? What if, what if, like, oh my God. <laughs> what, what if you find out, like, a, like the Boston Pops guy's throwing darts at your face? <laughs> oh my God, that would be twist. That would be. I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna, yeah, don't, don't fun. jinx it. Let's not even that talk be, about it. That would be the second yeah, journey. That would be the worst thing ever. <laughs> now, I have to ask you this before we let you go, uh, and this is a weird one, but was it, was it worth it? Yes, everything. Okay. Ever, it's all been worth. All been worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's see, that's brave because I, I think I'd struggle with that. But that's a that's a really cool thing that you're saying. And I root for you, man. All you tried to do was make music. You were really good at it. You were an amazing musician. I mean, Reb Beach is one of the greatest guitarists that doesn't get credit for being one of the greatest guitarists that's ever walked the earth. And uh, it, it's just <laughs> it's just a crazy thing. You tried to make some music for some people, and this is what happens in a, in a strange way. But you know, success comes from it, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, well, I appreciate you. The way your take on it is is very insightful, so I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for taking the time this morning. I hope this documentary goes gangbusters, and best of luck to everything you're up to, man. You deserve it. Okay, thank you guys for taking the time. There appreciate you go. it. There you go. It's Kip Winger, everybody. And uh, just if you watch this documentary, you can't help but walk away and say, God, I like Kip Winger and what I did right. to him. I was culpable in this. I was uh, I was part of this. And, and you know, not from a... I wasn't doing it on purpose. I was doing it because it was what everybody did. It's just what you what did. did. And they weren't cool. No. But we didn't ever give them a chance to be. And and you watch this documentary about hair bands and all that stuff, and it, it becomes fascinating. And then you start watching. Uh, he mentioned that his wife passed away. That was after everything had ended. He moved to San uh, Santa Fe uh, in a ranch and bought it. And he's like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. She left to go get food one day and died in a car accident. So it was like on top Jesus. of everything, it's like squash, Kip Winger Amazing. every day. And the things he was going through as a human being, we had no idea. Meanwhile, you know, and I still think it's funny, Stewart on Beavis and Butthead walking around with a Winger shirt. It was what his, what, it's it's his name. Yeah, it's just iconic. It, yeah, so, but uh, to, to talk about a lesson in perseverance, I mean, that guy, for no good reason, really, when you look back at it, it's like, wow, we lynched him for nothing just for being a guy whose music you may or may not like. And, it, you know, it's still there to a degree. He's still a good-looking dude. Oh, look at that. Oh, he looks great today. Wow. Like, Kip, Kip aged beautifully, and, and you watch, seriously, this is a... With and, the gray streak coming I'm saying yeah. the people that, you know, even in the music today going out that still wouldn't know the background... Of, but they knew what Winger was, yeah. the brunt of it. It, it. I mean, it's like when we jokingly and laugh and say, when I go back to a class reunion and it's a guy that has yeah. a nickname for that, it's still <laughs> it stays, with you. Yeah. It there's, stays. There's certain things that when you become uh, the zeitgeist, you're in it. And then 
do you can't let's the thing women always say i can't age because i was famous when i was 22 and now i'm 51 and you want me to look like that yeah and not that and we don't we don't give grace on that brian says john i'm 45 i've been listening to your show for 20 years the kip winger interview by far one of the best you've ever done uh he he seems he's a great musician and seems like a really good dude thanks for making that interview that was what i wanted when toledo said this like i, I wanted a chance to at to be able to dive in. That was it. for me. That was great. Because it's a moment where I can tell a guy, ah, I make jokes about everybody. Yours were unfair. Like I always and you say, ask for forgiveness. I want forgiveness from him. I, it, there's malicious intent to joking. Right. Yes. And there's joking. Yes. And with him, I was as guilty as anybody with the malicious intent. It was for no good reason other than to attack. He's the lowest hanging fruit. And the dude was awesome. So uh, maybe his music stinks. To you, big deal. Uh, that's the worst crime he commits. Big deal. That poll album they talked about, the third album, yeah. I think is their best one. I've I listen never to that listened one all to the it. time. Never I listened to that one all the time. I was trying to sell Winger to my friends at the time. Wasn't working. <laughs> and they were like, "What are you doing, man?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I like them. I do." And then I turned on them because it was it was detrimental to me. All it right, was Stuart, in, back down. It was. It was <laughs> in my best interest to not be a fan. No, I wasn't putting posters up. Because that would have been a weird moment in my teen years to be beaten <laughs> off and see Kip Winger there going, still doing it. That dude's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's play some Winger. Let's just get it out of the way. Why not? Uh, it's Madeline, which I think is a great song. And this was the one before we knew. But we had an idea. Uh, he suffered a fate I uh, n- uh, wouldn't wish on anybody. And then you watch this documentary, you really realize... Uh, the humility it would have to take to sit in a camera and go, yeah, I'll relive this again. And to do this interview this morning with us. Can you imagine that? Hey, rock star, uh, these rock shows want to interview you again. And you have to take the risk that, you know... It's or, not going to be a Johnny Midnight. Yeah, yeah exactly, that we have a Johnny Midnight. And he asked things, dude didn't deserve it. Uh, it's Winger. Madeline. Hope you guys enjoyed that, because that one was more for me just saying, you know what, sorry about that, dude. I like you. I, I hope you, you do well. It's not fair what we did. Uh, it's Winger. Take this. It's 98KUPD. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. UPD. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Uh, it warms my cockles to have the uh, emails coming in that are coming in about uh, Kip Winger and get him just a little redemption. <laughs> I didn't let the cat out of the bag too much about what goes on in that documentary. When his wife dies, you're like, oh, come on. It's a great documentary. People emailing about that, too. It's called I Want to Rock on Paramount+. Plus. But, yeah, it's good to hear people kind of coming to the same conclusion I came to. I, that's because of Nickelback. I did that because the last few years with Nickelback, I've been like, why have I hated? I hated them because people told me to. They told me it wasn't cool. Maybe it is. I sing all their songs. Maybe I like them, and I'm just I'm not allowing myself. Then I saw them in person, and I'm like, no, they're okay. <laughs> I just don't need, I'm not going to go crazy for them. They're nice. But Kip Winger is somebody you, you, like, after you watch this stuff, and even that talk right there, and I'm glad it was the same. What an open book. And he sounds just like Joe Buck. It's almost identical to Joe I Buck's voice. I had no idea. It's crazy. I mean, when I heard his voice, I'm like, is this the manager or it, is this him? It sounds like Joe Buck. You watch him, and I heard it when I'm watching the documentary. I'm like, he sounds just like Joe Buck. Uh, it's time now for Brady to solve all the world's problems. We already took care of Kip Winger. He's good now. 
And now it's time to fix you guys. And it's brought to you by our friends at MMP Guns and Mo Money Pawn over there on 12th Street. And Indian School, MMP Guns, got everything you need for a weapon. I had a dream I was in there, and it was just I couldn't buy enough bullets. And everything I bought, uh, I needed another thing for. And I just I walked out with an arsenal, which was you really cool. You never have enough, man. You never know about. And I think it's because I watched Oppenheimer and uh, commies have me thinking. and. <laughs> I better load up. But, uh, yeah, don't do that if you're uh, thinking about enemies and stuff. Do it for your own protection or just for sports shooting. My physical therapist, uh, she's a, a girl from Georgia, and she likes guns, and she was talking about that, and she uh, bending my arm sideways, and she goes, that AR-15, that's sports car guns. And I'm like, yep, I like that. I like, the way you, I like the way you said that. Something different when a girl with that kind of minor accent says stuff like that. She's uh, a lot of people out there you wouldn't expect to be fans of it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Totally legal uh, until it's not. But I think it's. I think we're okay. But you I don't know. Build your own too. Build your own is the best yeah. way. I'm. I'm curious. I don't know if I have the patience for it. I don't. I, I want to, but I don't know if I. Have, I just buy it. Why don't you build it? And I'll buy it from you. I built one. I know. And I I'll went do the another one for me, and then I'll buy it. All right. <laughs> that way, I don't have to Charge do anything. Fees. No, no, no. Just uh, what you would pay, except for flat across. Nah. Come on to I'm celebrate your labor third year on the air, Brett, and maybe last. His gunsmithing <laughs> cost. Some money. Yeah. Well, I, I hope don't he's want really my good at it. all over your he's gun. He's really good. Hell I, no. I hope he's really good at it because uh, if he doesn't give me the cut rate, he's not going to He's gonna be needing to do that for a living. <laughs> I don't want my fingerprints all over your <laughs> gun. <laughs> well, I just need you to do that and then give it to me and I'll wear gloves and don't oh, be okay. suspicious about Make that. Make two while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, get Brady one of these while you're chunking out guns from you're your smithing. factory. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to smith, we're interested parties. Give us that BV rate. <laughs> give us that puffy face deal. Uh, it is uh, M&P Guns. You can build your own. You can get anything you want. 12th Street and Indian School right inside of Mo Money Pond. And we thank them for uh, sponsoring What Would Brady Do. Let's go to, let's start here. Uh, that's from Chuck. So should I let my brother stay with my wife and two kids and myself when he gets out of jail? It's happening in August. This guy's burned me multiple times. And I am the only family member he's got. At least got left. Most everybody else has abandoned him. If I say he can't stay with us, he'll fall in with the idiots who got him thrown in jail in the first place. And I know there's guidelines and rules, but they've never mattered to him in the past. We're just hoping this jail stay fixed some things. Do I even risk it? Uh, Just for reference, he stole my car uh, seven years ago when he was on drugs and doing what he was doing and got busted for the drugs. I didn't follow through to say the car was stolen. Uh, and get any legal charges, the guy would still be in jail. So I've already helped him there, and now I have this hanging over me. It sucks. My wife is sort of 50-50 on the whole thing. I'm screwed, Chuck. Chuck, I'm um, saying no. Yeah. Um, because you're the only family member left because your other family members are like, look, th- he he burned us. Right. Um, and by... Uh, you're enabling him. Basically, if he comes back and lives with you, um, the whether or not he goes back with his bad cronies again, yeah. staying with you isn't going to help that. Here's what I heard. He's got to be the one that determines that. Here's what I heard. And this is why I'm with you completely. You can't let him in. The letter said, if I don't let him stay at the house, he's moving in with the deadbeats that got him in trouble. Right. He's still friends with them. Yeah. There's still open arms for him. Over in the community that got him thrown in jail in the first place. Now, maybe he's trying to change, but the first thing he needed to do to get in my good graces and say, I don't talk to any of those people anymore. 
But the fact that their option B means they're still in his life, which means even if he's better, he's bringing deadbeats to the house. Here's uh, one thing that I would say would be okay. I'd love to hear this. Um, If he says, I'm coming out of there, Um, I don't want to move back in with those guys. I want to get another situation. I wouldn't um, say no to... Well, let me help you out to find a place, like if you a deposit down or something like that. True, if you got and, if you got that money, shot, because the big step there is he's not going to go back to his cronies because eventually. But he's, he's already done it. He, has he, he already has by saying that means if I don't go back, yeah, I he's go back. reached yeah. out to them. They've said yes. If if your brother doesn't make, work out, make sure you let right. that be known that if you're going back there, you know what's going to happen. Well, it sounds like you a threat. Go right back but into your. You were right in the first place. Yeah. This guy's revealed himself before he even gets out in August, and and count that as lucky, because he basically told you if you, if I don't stay with you, I'll stay with Trevor and the guys. Then he's then he's then he's still talking to him, and he's still buddies with him, which means the the same the same old is going to still happen until he abandons that life. Because how much longer would that last? Because he'd come back and say, "Oh, thank you for getting me out of that situation." Yeah, he'll find his way back. Beyond that, he, he, he already he has. Like yeah. that's the whole point of that letter. To me, he's never left it. Letter, letter. Everybody like you keep saying he's going to find his way back. He's telling you out loud. I'm still involved with them. Well, it almost sounds like he's threatening. Like, hey, bro, if you don't right? do this, then I'm gonna right. You know, and I know you hate it's them. Your fault. And they're still my so he's friends. He's not now. out. Yep. And he, I guarantee he's playing that. Your family is the only family I got. And playing that heartstrings thing. And as family, you need to say you can never speak to this person, this person, and this person again. If you expect me to tolerate you, I need you to show me differences. And first difference is you're not with that group anymore ever again. And if he pulls the dude, you can't bail. And it's like, you know, in the NFL, it's like yeah. you can't bail your your friends to help you grow up. And they, they no, you went to jail. Only you can fix yourself. Yeah, you leave. That, that's right. He's almost Woodsy Al there for a second. I know. That's what I or thought he was going. Well, no, the other one, the bear. What did Woodsy do? Uh, don't hoot, don't pollute. Smokey the bear. Smokey the bear. Smokey the bear. Only owl. you. Yeah. And prevent your drug addict friends from taking over your life. Hoot, hoot. Uh, yeah. Don't let him live with you, Chuck. Yeah, pass. We all agree. And you're asking us because you know deep down you just want somebody to confirm it. Don't do it. This one I'm not allowed to use a name, so if I do, uh, let me know. Dear Brady, my name is Shane. Damn it! Oh! No, okay. <laughs> I'm currently in my late 30s. I grew up in Arizona. Uh, by the way, you have the best morning show in the Southwest. That's in parentheses. That's nice of him. Uh, I now live in an extremely desirable part of the country. I'm divorced after a 20-year relationship. Uh, I have kids. I, I have kids. I've been snipped. I'm six one, full head of hair, pulling in the six figures, close uh, deals on dimes, a lot younger than me. That means, Brady, he's got some chicken parm in the fridge. Oh, and he's taking yeah. care of business. Nice. Got some tens. Yeah, he's got chicken parm yeah. in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Take a chicken parm home. Uh, anyway, uh, problem is... I'm really into a girl that lives back home. Uh, I don't need anything from her. She's 100% self-sustained. Should I settle this rodeo down and try to make it work or ram the young... I'm sorry, I'm going to read it as he wrote it. (laughs) Try to make this work or ramrod the young biddies till my dick falls off. So his debate is, does he keep going ramrodding the young biddies till his dick tumbles off? Or... Settle down with this girl who's got it all together. How old is he again? Uh, late 30s. 
He's been married. He was married for or in a relationship for over 20 years. Well, what I'm hearing from this is he's not ready to settle down yet. Because if it's still questioning, yeah, you know, a lot of times it's saying, uh, well, you got to get out of your system. Yeah. Maybe you never get out of your system. Right. But at the same time, you, you know, you did your 20 years. Right. You know what that's like. Um, and the only one that can answer that question when it comes down to it is you. Yeah. But what he's doing is he's throwing his hooks in a, in a winner. Yeah. Like, this chick's got it all together. He sees, like, that's a good one. But ramrod and young biddies till your dick falls off is still appealing. It's what, you've, it's what you'd like to sacrifice. It's been on lockdown for 20 years. I mean, That's a good point. That ramrod and young biddies going to be tough to shake. And is it out of his system? Well, even if it's not. It doesn't sound like it is. Yeah, because no, it, well, it's getting so. close. Yeah, it's not if it's you're asking close. the question, which do I right, do? Exactly. If you're 50-50 on uh, awesome chick who lives in another yeah. state. Or ramrod and young biddies, and I really enjoy the way you wrote that. Sounds like you're going to need to ramrod young biddies, and there's no reason to bring this winner in. Like, and is this winner, um, you know, has he been, he didn't say anything about the kind of, uh, all right, what are we doing here? You know, the long distance, like if you, Well, did, I don't know if they're doing kinda, it. He says he's just into her back home. I don't need anything from him. Like, he, it sounds like he hasn't made that approach yet. So. Sounds like they've. Talked about it, though, a little bit. How about this? Ramrod young biddies, uh, and, but not until your dick falls off, to keep it completely. And then, and then make your move with this girl and date her to see if this is a thing you want to settle in on. And then make your choice based on that. That can break you. Right. Like, you can go with her and say, hey, this is not exclusive. We're just seeing each other. We're having some fun. I really like you. And then as it progresses, just go, you know what? I'm going to, like every other guy has to end up doing, you have to say, I'm going to forego this, this uh, crushing all this puss. Yeah. To be with just you. You get to keep your D in that case, right. too. It doesn't fall off. <laughs> he said, don't use my name, bro code, you know. That means he's got a lot of a lot of girls out there that if they hear his name, that mother ever gave me herbs. <laughs> uh, I'd say it's, uh, I'm with you. It's okay to um, maybe pursue that a little bit, open that yeah. relationship up, see how it goes. Jeez, that sounded filthy, Brady. Right. I agree. Do them all. Have everything going. Put her in the pile. And if she's like, hey, this isn't the lifestyle for me. Uh, if you want me, it's got to be exclusive. Then you have to make the decision when she says so. If she's saying it already, it sounds like you've made up your mind. Uh, let me see which ones I got left. Okay, that's not it. This is a good one. Uh, all right, we'll go with this. Uh, good morning, Chancellor and Brady. I have a quandary. Didn't include Brett. Rude. Prick. Uh, I'm a gay male. Oh, that's why. That's probably yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows what would happen. You get me off that list. I'm a gay male, and I am a bartender at a local restaurant and bar. Sunday night, I was working, and a female and male patron were openly flirting with me. Mm. They wanted to take me back to their house for fun. I don't ever consider this, but the woman said she is a security director at a local ballpark. Well, I think we can guess which one that is, and she can get free tickets to professional baseball games. Well, now we know for what. Wow. Her guy, her guy friend is adorable, <laughs> right? Remain incognito. Yeah. Way to keep that one under wraps. <laughs> where, Jesus. where could that be? Mm. Like maybe what spring bar? training games. Or, or, I don't know. <laughs> I told her I'm not a baseball fan. She said she can get uh, into certain concerts that happen, plus free parking downtown. Where was she talking mm. about? Man. My boyfriend is a huge country fan. Oh, I'm sorry, I have a mentally challenged boyfriend. 
Long story, oh, gay and mentally challenged. This is you're everything the Republicans. That's why he didn't hate. include me. Long story short, I went home with him and engaged in kinky threesome sex. Afterwards, we were drinking and watching TV, and this lady was really drunk, and she was talking about employee issues and firing folks and stuff. And uh, someone named Ken hitting people with his car in the driveway. <laughs> what? And all sorts of stories. And now I found out the other guy uh, is uh, in the law, and they want to hook up again today or tomorrow. I think I messed up big time. This lady's not attractive at all, but the guy is a hunky Latino. I did this for the concert tickets that she was going to get me, not even baseball. How do I break it off and still get those tickets? She's got to come through for me. I got one that's coming up. She still hasn't handed over. (laughs) (laughs) P.S. Us gays love your show. Well, thanks, gays. See, that's why I made the swap a rude, right? Smart move. I'm a homosexual. Business move. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Well. Brady, this is, I know it's been tough to follow because the clues aren't very clear. Yeah. There's a local lady who does security at a ballpark you may or may not know about that has concerts now and again, vast, giant ones, and professional baseball. I'm not sure where that is, but she's got those going for her. Um, I wouldn't easy. say you, uh, you know, did I make a mistake? I think maybe the hard part is, uh, I, I don't think I would continue. Get the relationship, you, please. It's a one and done. No, you f- until you get the tickets you want, and then you c- cut it off. He doesn't until, have the tickets he D wants. Falls right. off. Well, yeah, well, no, well, that's that's from the sounds of it, that's gonna happen. <laughs> Dude's putting it anywhere it starts. But if he doesn't have the tickets, to this, what is Chris Stapleton coming in November? And uh, there's a couple other big ones coming this November. It's probably uh, what he church wants. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah in your country music and whatever. And maybe this Morgan Wallen thing, I don't know when he wrote that, that could have been. But until you get the tickets to the show that you agreed to go to, you've got to kind of fall in line, bang that hunky Latino and his ugly security uh, wife, and then uh, get your free tickets and move on. Now, keep in mind, gay, they could be listening. And that's a pretty accurate description. Hunky law law enforcement Latino and his security guard wife. At an unnamed ballpark in town. I don't like it, Johnny. (laughs) I don't either. But he started it, so you might as well try to get your tickets. They're going to cut you off. So I wouldn't worry about that. He's got a big mouth. And that's what makes you a good gay. (laughs) (laughs) But you say cut it off even before you get paid. The whole reason he did this was to get the tickets he wanted, and he doesn't have them. And they want another run. What's owed to you? Well, they, but that wasn't like a transference of, like, okay. for this one, you get this. It's like, we'll do this every once in a while. I can get you tickets to stuff anytime. Well, um, he has one in mind. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stick with mine. Just roll on. You say cut Move it off. On. Buy your tickets. Ah, you went this far. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I say get the <laughs> stains all over yourself until you get those tickets. You're already chocolate little baron. I mean, just keep <laughs> right. going. Go for another test ride. Make sure you get your tickets. <laughs> you keep hitting that guy like a pinata. <laughs> Eventually, everything's going to break out, and it's not chocolate. Oof. Brett, we were not on the list for that email. You were just high chancellor. And I know. Not you, but there's a reason why. <laughs> but Brett is even on your, your side. Pound the tar to that hunky Latino. And his ugly wife, and get the tickets, and then tell him I don't want to do this anymore. And Brady's right; your dick's going to fall off. <laughs> There's no question about it. You're doing dirty stuff. Stop it. <laughs> but these are the people that listen. By the way, the gays love the show, according to him. He's taking a poll. Oh, they, they love Stephen Holmberg. <laughs> He's taking a poll. I said, 
<laughs> yeah, Stephen Holmberg is their hero. Yeah. Actually, he's the Antichrist. John Holmberg is the one they love. That's Stephen Holmberg's been in articles. Whoever that is. Uh, there you go. Well done, Brady. Try that laugh. Just try You're doing what you can. Brady wouldn't do it anymore. He just buys tickets to Morgan Wallen or... I, I would skip the concert. Whomever. Yeah, I would skip that concert, too. <laughs> that happened last week. Two shows. Chase Field. Packed. I didn't know we had that many people in this city. But evidently, there's... And their equipment worked fine. Exactly! 45,000 people two nights in a row to watch that guy who says the N-word on his porch. Now, I know, I know, cancel culture, I'm against it. But not when it comes to country music. I have a very specific cancel culture lane I stay in. And every time they screw up, they should be banned from the kingdom. They look at me wrong. Cancel. Oh, you side-eye me with that cowboy hat and those stupid shirts. Try that in my small town, mother (laughs) (laughs) Ban him. Yeah, the air conditioner wasn't even working properly with all those people. The Diamondbacks can't get 45,000 people in that stadium. They don't even know what to do. The AC's like, what's this? All these people. Equipment seemed to work just fine for Morgan Wallen. Dave Draymond. Anyway, what are you going to do? Change the filters in that giant swamp cooler. (laughs) I'm going to get up there and open that vent and put in some new fiberglass. It's been months since we've done this. And it's all purple because Lourdes Gurriel keeps spraying that garbage in his hair. Anyway, good luck to all of you. You're a mess. And if you are the hunky Latina and you're a relatively poor, ugly wife that does security at the unnamed ballpark, heard that. They're in it. He's in it for the tickets. What a combo. That homosexual bartender you've been having three-way sex with is just there for the tickets. Take that. Every day this is happening around you. (laughs) You don't even know. There you go, everybody. That is what Brady did. It's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. UPD. Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Ooh, that Oppenheimer. Talking about Oppenheimer in the between the songs there. Interesting. Like I have a very interesting odd view of it. I I'm I'll wait for you guys to see it. I don't I've already kind of ruined it for the you boys. Can ruin it. I don't care. Well, I know about ruining the movie. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the movie. It's not really something to be ruined. But there's a to me there was a subtle little agenda to make it seem like a dude that was dancing with the communists shouldn't have been questioned so heavily. Yeah, I don't know. I felt it was a little uh, message-driven, more than just dude who built the bomb. Is that um, coming from feeling like, uh, well, if we keep going this way, it discourages um, loyalty or patriotism or anything like that about supporting your country? It wasn't that ham-handed. It wasn't so heavy to say, oh, hate this. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about patriotism. It had moments where it felt like false patriot, like he questioned that. The dude was hanging out with communists fairly regularly, like known ones. And a guy who invented the atom bomb when our enemy is Russia, you want to know. Are you talking to them? You know. When, you're, uh, when your wife has banged the mailman, and uh, she has a propensity to bang mailmen, 
You're going to look at her around mailman every once in a while and go, you're not telling him anything, are you? No, 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 we're good. All right, I just want to make sure, like you're under a little more scrutiny since you used to hang out with mailmen a lot. There's a little scrutiny involved in that. And so the dude was hanging out with communists, and then he built an A-bomb. Not to blow up Russia. A good one. A real good one. A couple of them. Again, I went to Oppenheimer going, this was one of the best days in American history. When we turned Japan into the surface of the sun and they started making cars for us. Awesome stuff. Had we not done it, who knows where our Sonys would be. Would we have a PlayStation 5 or would we still be on 2? It progressed technology. And it had to happen. Or did it? And that's what the movie's like. It's, 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 there's a little bit of the dude was with communists lay off. And I'm like, mm, who's with communists? I'm pretty cut and dry when it comes to that. Raised by uh, the grandparents I had that hated communism out loud like nightly. Like that was part of their dinner prayers. God is great. God is good. And we thank him for our food by his hand. We all are fed. Yeah, the commies. Thanks, God. And that was basically our, uh, before we ate at my grandpa's house. Bring up a communist around Bill Skaggs. Forget it. He hated him. So, it's an interesting movie, though. Worth seeing. But I'm curious why they're forcing so many young people to want to see Oppenheimer by putting Barbie next to it. And now it kind of makes sense to me. Like, yeah, go see Barbie, too. While you're there, check out this uh, three-and-a-half-hour movie about a former communist we're trying to lighten the load off of. Three hours, John. Oh, it's long, man. 22 minutes of previews. I hate movie theaters. Those pigs in front of me that reached into that bag every five seconds. I could hear that woman chewing. I just want to kick him in the back of the head. These kids have no attention span, though. They're not sitting there for three hours. And that's the good thing about it. Is at least Oppenheimer. They're going to hate it. Yeah. Kirby's going to hate it. I don't at know why least it wasn't like Jack Nicholson on there. Oh, Oppenheimer. Right. right. Yeah. That? Yeah. I love Cillian Murphy. Like, there's no, like, draw to... <laughs> nothing about the movie is really fun. Anyway, that's my official review. Hmm, is my review. Hmm, I see. It's going to win everything, though. Uh, it's time now for the entertainment drills. Brought to you by our friends over at reactdefense.com, the home of tactical black self-defense. And if you are interested in some training that will make you a better you, uh, that's all you need to do is go to reactdefense.com. i got some new seminars coming up here. I'm going to learn about those later today. We're going to do some training on the newer stuff. I know they've got their active shooter seminar coming up in August. Uh, the one that they're doing uh, Friday in Chandler is uh, all sold out, I'm pretty sure. But that's the uh, I think that's the women's one, the rape prevention one. Phenomenal seminars, and they've got them going all the time. Another one with uh, de-escalation, which I get to be a woofer at and explain that later. All these seminars are designed to recreate situations for you to test out what you'd do and how you would react. And you'd be surprised at how silly you can be and create a problem. They teach you the ways around that. Plus, uh, they'll get you in great shape while you do it. You can do it privately like I do. I love the one-on-one lessons. That's the only way I learn. I'm better at it that way. Call me stupid. I'm not very good in classes. Class situations, some people are better at that. They got that too. Either way, you will crawl, walk, run your way to a better you in just a matter of days. It is easy peasy. And every time I go, I get a little bit better at something. That's the fun part. And I'm having a blast. ReactDefense.com, Phoenix, Glendale, and Chandler. It's the home of Tactical Black Brady Entertainment. We talked about it earlier this morning, but over the weekend, you know, uh, Twitter is changing to X. Yeah. Today. Um, It's happened already. Saturday night, he announced that he was changing the name to Twitter. He added 
and soon there shall be. Uh, we bid adieu to the Twitter brand. Um, he they're saying, it. why? Why are you coming up with X? Why did that? You know, I thought it might be SpaceX, right? But they have uh, he and Grimes have the son whose name is a bunch of yeah nonsensical letters and symbols. <laughs> it means something. and they call him X. It's sensical. But it seems to us, laymen, that because there's something smart about there what he wrote. Down. I, know. I have no idea what it means. But they call him X. Yeah. So it's named after him. Is his little Maybe. face going to be the new bird? Because the bird's gone. Yeah, they don't say what the new symbol. It's probably or they're supposed to be X. rolling it out. So we don't see tweets? It is. Or No, the, um, you're no longer. Um, it's just an X. The there it people is. aren't called all the birds. Right. They're now called uh, Generation X viewers. Oh, it seemed like they had a pretty good thing going with that tweet, twit thing. Like the bird seemed pretty, uh, like identifiable. Changing that brand seems like he's trying to take it down. Well, then yeah, there's a bunch pussies. of people that yeah. uh, jumped on the thread thing. The the Zuckerberg. <laughs> Well, right, he's got his deal. And that opened up, and now I'm hearing... That's called Thread, but I think he saw that because he sees Elon trying to take Twitter. It seems like Elon's trying to wreck Twitter. Why would you destroy a brand so strong? You know, visually. Like, I I don't follow social media. I recognize that little blue bird. And that's the, like, the key to advertising is branding and... I mean, they or have just rebranding. so many car but, wraps. Yeah, rebranding is one thing, but you rebrand away from like if we just all of a sudden were KMPD. People are like, well, what'd you do to you? Like we've he branded. Cares. He doesn't. It's, it's a it's a write off for him. Probably yeah, yeah. losses for his other businesses, and that's what it feels like. He's kind of dismissing it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's making other people dismiss it too. It's a strange thing to do. Like Chevy should never change its name. The brand, the logo, should mm-hmm. never change. If they did, you'd be like, you're trying to take down Chevy. The bow tie. Yeah, you don't take away the bow tie. It's too identifiable. Twitter did that in 11 years. It's a weird thing to wreck. Seems like there's something else going on there. Jimmy Fox posted a video saying he went to hell and back, and he's on the mend. I'm coming back, and I'll be able to work. He added that he stayed quiet because um, he didn't want us to see him with tubes running out of his nose and his body. Why would you want to see that? Yeah, well, he had a stroke, you can tell. The way Matt Damon turned down the original Avatar, and the deal also included a percentage of the profits. If he would have said yes, his deal would have made him $250 million. Oh. He's still all right. He was offered $30 million per film plus a percentage. Yeah. And if it went through the whole thing, it could have gone up to 450 mil. Man. Kyle says, got to remember, John, because he's talking about Oppenheimer now, too. Soviet Union was an ally during World War II. Oh, read your history. They were an ally, a reluctant ally. And uh, we were very happy. We that, waited and we waited. We were very happy that that powerhouse in waiting was getting its ass handed to it for so Even long. to England. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we The bomb was invented Partially to let them know, hey, we're we ahead leveraged of you. it. We're ahead of you. We didn't want to be allies with the Soviets. Brett, did you see the uh, music festival in Malaysia that had to be shut down? No. One of your favorite bands, the 1975. You didn't I see this. Love them. No, this is pretty good. Um, was on the bill for day one, which is on was Friday, 
and Matt Healy decided to call the country's anti-gay laws effing ridiculous before making out with the bassist Ross McDonald. Right there on stage. Oh, Went the over. police came over and shut down the three-day festival. <laughs> day one. And the whole crowd went, Oh, come on, bad girl! Oh, and they... Man. They went at it. <laughs> they kiss hard. It is a it's, good. It's a good man to man tongue bath. It's a good one. <laughs> Your rules are f- stupid. That's pray to hits, man. Pray to hits. You're gonna get a shut down. Watch this. <laughs> Take that, Malaysia. Oh, Thanks for coming he, out, baby. He made this appear. Yeah. Boom. Evidently, you sign papers when you perform in Malaysia that says, I ain't going to do anything stupid up there. He's probably going to get sued. Well, he's banned. Yeah, but I mean, think of how much money them promoters lost. A three-day festival getting cut in the first day. (laughs) Yeah. It's, there's, well, they talked about that. Vendors and promoters and everything else. Kind of like, we'll figure out how to get you your money back. Hopefully they get out of there, else they'll end up in some kind of work. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Could you imagine being in the Malaysian crowd? Maybe you're even on the same side as the guys from the 1975 but you see him kissing, you just look, honey, let's go. It's over. <laughs> no way, this go on. Yeah, we should leave. And you just beat the traffic out of Malaysia. <laughs> no, thanks. I mean, just if you're going to do that, take me by surprise. Don't go screaming out some political thing. Just make out with the bassist for a second. I look at Brad and go, what did I just see? I think he just kissed the bass player real hard. I'm leaving. Or, let's get out of here. Or, um... <laughs> Why don't you out of protest? Don't yep. play right. A well, that was the thing. Malaysia. He did. He I mean, did mention. That. I know he wants to make. Right. He did mention. That. No, here's the thing, though. That's smart on his part. As he mentioned, I should have uh, looked at our tour and not scheduled that, knowing their rules. But what he did was brilliant because he doesn't care if he's banned from Malaysia. So he's getting all this attention back here for being a hero. He looks like a god. Here's like, look at him. He took a stand against Malaysia. Nobody out. You guys didn't know Malaysia had anti-gay laws. None, I didn't care. None of you about cared. anything you about Malaysia. Point it out on a map. You don't know. But now he's a hero for standing up to Malaysia. Are we mad at Malaysia? Some good I don't know. clothes are being made out. Right. The only thing I know about I Malaysia is they lost an airplane a couple years ago. That's about <laughs> it. That's about all I know about that. Good night. <laughs> Maybe it was a gay plane, and they <laughs> sent it down. Yeah, Brett's right. That's the last time yeah. you thought about Malaysia. All these people calling him a hero. Finally, someone stood up to the Malaysian government, uh, led by some Malaysian guy. Right. You don't know. Half the people can't even point out where Malaysia is on a map. <laughs> I, like, yeah, if I, if I held up six different flags, could you tell me which one's Malaysia? And almost all of you would pick out Philippines. You don't know. All those Malaysians, they've been at it with their people for years. You know, if the 1975 taught you that, and they taught me that, I learned Mm -hmm. it from the 1975 Malaysia's hates gays. I didn't know that. (laughs) Guess what? I wasn't going there and I'm straight. I got no interest in that humid swamp box. We got rice here. (laughs) I'll enjoy the meals here. I don't need to fly over there for their rice. We got them already. We got Malaysian restaurants somewhere, don't we, Brady? Where's one? You got to know where a Malaysian place is. You do. No. You're going to guess Glendale. He doesn't no. even know. Yeah, yeah. If Brady doesn't know where there's a Malaysian restaurant, the country isn't worth a flying <laughs> because at least their food didn't even make it over here where Brady travels. 
Brady will go to the 303 and Cactus for a hot dog if it's good enough. Where's that one you went to Scottsdale and forever? And then you went down to Chandler for another? The man will travel for food. He doesn't know where one Malaysian restaurant is. Your country sucks. Period. End of story. That was uh, the day of uh, Rinaldi's Deli. Yeah, I know what it was. Yeah. That's right. Right. I didn't travel it's, that it's, day. it's infamous in its history. It's the day of Rinaldi's. What's up, Johnny? <laughs> right. You traveled all day for that, for a hot dog. The man will travel. If there's good Malaysian food, he'd have known about it. Your, your country sucks. Have food, we'll travel. But you know what it doesn't do? Suck. <laughs> against that. <laughs> uh, it's 10 o'clock. Our friend Shanman's here for Larry. Larry's on a well-deserved vacation. He's on beach somewhere. He's on a Malaysia. He's on a Malaysian beach with his boyfriend. You I didn't know, know about that. <laughs> Just found out from the 1975. Uh, we're all done. Sandman's here. He's going to get you guys all sorts of good stuff and uh, keep you abreast of all the fun that's coming up. Uh, it is birthday boy week, so uh, get ready for Friday night at Stand Up Live downtown. Uh, Copper Blues downtown. Next to Stand Up Live. Uh, for Alopecia Palooza, my 51st birthday celebration, which is a drunken, stupid fest that we're going to have Friday night, and we want you all to go. No charge. Just show up. We'll have fun. Drink. You can buy me shots. Watch me puke on myself and then go home. It'll be great fun. <laughs> That's the plan. Uh, but in the meantime, Shannon's going to get you through the day. You guys have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow right here in the morning segment. So long. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. 